Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Welcome to episode 86 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CSD Tires, available for purchase at shop.csdtires.com. This is our Sunset Ridge Review Show, starring race winner Chad Weenan, podium finisher Brandon Hogue, Sunset Ridge standout Logan Stanfield, and SSI decals Ian Harris and Impact Solutions Casey Greek will join me to help break down all the action. You're going to enjoy this one. This episode features some of my favorite people in all of the sport, so let's have some fun. Before dropping the gate on another exciting race review podcast, a shout out to all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, thanks to SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrative Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance Programs, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Blenzall Oil, the official oil choice of Digging Deep, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped's signature line, the Performance Package 4.0, includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer that helps me keep my beard on point the best nose hair trimmer ever created, and an array of goodies like deodorant, boxer briefs, a travel bag, and more. So check out Manscaped, I wish I would have sooner, and get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is investing in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. Help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV Racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know that you enjoy what we're doing here at Digging Deep and everything that we're about. Support all the great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. We're midway through this 2022 season, but we both know you still need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered, but before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway. And did you know that you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, I've been doing a lot of that on my Yamaha YFZ450R build. Shipped conveniently right to your door, you can get those OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. And you can do the same with our Amazon widget. So same concept, simply click that Amazon logo on our homepage, purchase whatever your heart desires, and that will help us out on the back end. Can't thank you enough for that. One special donor shout out this week. Huge thank you to Stefan Schenk for his support of our efforts. So great to chat with him. And I love nothing more than hearing listeners talk about how much they enjoy our show. So thanks so much to my boy, Stefan Schenk. And if you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find our Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all of you who have donated. You guys freaking rock. Now, it's showtime. The 30-second board is up. It's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. 
All right, guys, Sunset Ridge is a favorite stop on the tour for so many of us, our trio tonight included. Excited to dig into a great weekend of racing in Illinois and here to help break down all the action brought to you by Manscaped and the Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping by using code diggingd20 at manscaped.com. From Impact Solutions, say hello to Mr. Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? Back at it again. Yeah, hey, Cody. Glad to be here. Um, got some new flavor with us or new old flavor with us with Ian here and uh, excited to break this one down. It was a exciting weekend. Yeah. A lot to talk about. I feel like a lot to talk about. Uh, glad that we don't have to talk about any mud this time around, or at least not uh, as the, as the racing kind of took off. So uh, that's a good thing. But uh, like Casey just touched on uh, completing our trio tonight is a man I'm stoked to welcome back to the podcast, a friend of mine, a friend of Casey's and a major supporter of all ATV racing things, including the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast brought to you by Rocky Mountain ATVMC, your one-stop shop for OEM and aftermarket parts gear and everything in between to enhance your riding experience. Simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help support us while purchasing the parts you need anyway from Impact Solutions, say hello to Ian Harris. What's up, Ian? Thanks so much for joining us once again, Bill. Hey, Cody. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Glad to be back on here and have a, a dry race to give some input on for sure. Boy, yeah. When we pulled in there Thursday, I was whew, I was a little shook when it was the way it was raining. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you and just about everybody else, Ian. But uh, but yeah, stoked to get you back on here. We've been trying for a few weeks to make this happen. Probably is perfectly fitting that it's that it's uh, that it's Sunset Ridge to get you on here, being that you guys are based right there in Illinois. So this is perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It's what I would call like like yourself. You know, it's it's a home track to me for sure, and it's uh, it's in the backyard basically. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Pumped. Yeah, for me, I call it a home race. It's four hours away. For you, it's a lot closer than that. But yeah, I mean, it's a home race for so many Midwest people. So you and I talked about this, but there's very few tracks that are are better than Sunset Ridge. Those guys just care so much. And uh, just an awesome racetrack makes for awesome racing. The weather was great. Like you said, uh, came in, it was a little sketchy, um, but ended up being a great weekend of racing. And yeah, just awesome to be at Sunset Ridge. Yeah, definitely. I personally didn't ride there this weekend. I had some other commitments, but just after all that rain Thursday and, you know, they delayed practice and I, I was over chatting with Bob after he was out cleaning the track up on Friday. And I mean, they did a phenomenal job and I mean, I wish I could have rode because yeah. after I was watching a few of those practices, I was impressed. I was like, man, this, that racetrack is perfect right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those guys, hats off to them. They turned that track around and made it, I mean, excellent. It was picture perfect. Yeah, that place is so beautiful. So uh, yeah, the racing wasn't quite as crazy as Ironman, but I feel like, you know, Sunset Ridge weekend and the kind of the time leading up to it is a pretty wild time for both of you guys. Uh, Ian, for you and your crew at SSID Gals, it's hammering out pink kits for, you know, for riders, for the breast cancer awareness stuff. And Casey, as a suspension guy, Sunset Ridge and its rough and sandy conditions is a pretty demanding one for for guys like you, huh, Casey? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, you know, it's always tough every weekend. You're trying to make sure everyone's dialed in and, you know, do that. But when you get to a track like Sunset, it's just, it's that next level of trying to make sure that you're on point the whole time. So uh, pretty, pretty reasonable weekend successful wise. The track was different, like in its roughness than it normally was. And I I would have to go, that's back down to 
you know, a lot of the water and the rain that we had gotten. It had been fairly wet like the week before and stuff. So it kind of made it pack in and it was almost more of a choppy, kicky rough than like the big rollers and sand rollers that we, we normally get there. It's funny. Um, it seems like like when we do get that early rain in the weekend, like, yeah, it obviously promotes rough tracks, like a little bit different kind of rough. But there was also like some spots out there. It was like it was like walnuts of 15 years ago when there was some blue groove out there, too. It was actually kind of fun to see. There was a lot of diversity in the track, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple different corners with some real hard pack, mm-hmm. you know, got down to like a hard base. And, I, you know, I think it just gets glassed over when you get that much moisture in it and so deep and you know the pistols did great um talked to bob a bunch this weekend and chad and they did an awesome job and they knew this was coming and they prepared the right way they had the track rolled in early in the week and like really packed it in tight so that we would end up with the best racetrack we could yeah, those guys are awesome, like like Ian was just saying as well. And Ian, I mean, obviously, we think about Sunset Ridge, we think about, you know, pink, like I said. So we always see an abundance of pink at Walnut, obviously, breast cancer awareness, of course. And you guys are a major part of that. Um, I'm sure that that's something that you take a lot of pride in as well. Seeing all those sick pink kits out there has to be cool for, for you, because like I said, you're a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, and last year with COVID happening and so on, it was kind of like one of those up in the air things. No one really knew. I mean, Jan said she had lost her coordinator to help promote the the breast cancer awareness. So they didn't really, weren't able to promote it like they had in years past. In fact, I even had sent an email off this year at the beginning. uh, I think it was right after high point just asking her if it was still going to happen. And and she said, yeah, you know, we're still promoting it, uh, that they had lost their coordinator. Hopefully next year, you know, they'll have someone to replace her. So we proceeded like that. And there are some people that actually plan ahead and get a hold of us and are like, you know, I need a pink kit, you know, well in advance, but then there's also people that, you know, forget for whatever reason and last minute stuff. So but it is awesome to to see the, you know, just the different kits that are out there, whether it's pros, amateurs, whoever, and just supporting the cause. I mean, it's it's a great thing to to be able to do that, and it's fun to change up people's graphics like that too. So, it's yeah. For sure. And credit to you guys, because I remember when I was a pro and, or maybe even the years after that too, but I remember like you would, you just sent me the the pink kits, like a proof of it. Hey, does this look good? Like my kit, but in pink. So credit to you guys, because if the rider isn't ahead, you guys are ahead for them sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And and my design team here, they're, they're well-versed now, you know, as the years go by and, and as we get closer, they tend to already just start working on it ahead of time when they can. And so, yeah, props to, to my design team for that, for sure, because it helps out a lot if we can stay ahead of the game too. It's awesome. You know, I love the, like, I, I guess I use this word already diversity, but I love how some bikes are totally pinked out. Like you got Michael Allred, who's, you know, goes from totally yellow to totally pink. And then you got guys like Chad who their pink is maybe very subtle, but it also like, is just cool to see that, you know, it's just a nice little uh, change up. It's different. And even in the amateur classes, when somebody rolls out the pink at sunset um, every single year, there's people that run out that pink the rest of the year, whether, it was good luck at sunset or they just like the look or whatever but uh that's something we see now for the rest of the year is a little more pink in the series which again is cool because it all goes back to a great cause yeah 
Absolutely. That's, I agree. I love seeing the, the, from little accents to complete pink out, you know, and, you know, you get the, some guys that even deck their gear out and, you know, pink wheels and helmets and I mean the whole nine yards. So it's, uh, it's cool to see how, you know, to what extent people take it. Definitely. I love that too. Such, like I said, such a great cause. And speaking of great causes, let's get into our impact solutions impact moment where we highlight something good and positive happening in ATV racing. Casey, what do you have for us this week for your impact solutions impact moment? Uh, I just wanted to touch on uh, Abby Outley. Outley again, um, seen some really cool videos. Her dad sent me some videos and I seen that they were posted on Facebook and stuff and uh, of her walking. I mean, she's got a walker, but she's walking. And I just think it's huge. I mean, there. I think at some point there, there was some uncertainty of what direction that was going to go. And I think um, she's a rock star. And the, the hard work she's putting in already with physical therapy and stuff has already gotten her to this point. So just something that kind of touches home, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually reached out to her dad yesterday because we're putting together a, a package to send down to her. Um, but yeah, same thing. I and I used your word. I used Rockstar when I shared one of their posts in the last couple of days because she's killing it. I don't know what percentage they said she had of you know walking again or whatever it was. So don't quote me on that. But I knew it was slim, and she's already slaying it. I mean, like you said, she's she's got a walker, but she's using her legs. I mean, it's it's awesome to see, and um, it's just awesome like we talk about so many times how the ATV racing community is a family everybody banding together for her and that's why I kind of wanted to do something a little special for for her on behalf of digging deep because um I mean we're all pulling for her right she's she's one of us and uh, yeah we just want to see her get back out there and and come away you know stronger than than she was when she started this thing like um again like she embodies all mm-hmm. the the grit determination, all that stuff that we talk about and that's what makes her you know somebody that we want to talk about on each one of these shows. Yeah, just so awesome. And, you know, you got to see a lot of people kind of pull together. And we've seen it in the past with other riders, too. And uh, this one's just, it, I don't know, like maybe it's the older I get, the more kids I got. I don't know what it is, but it, it just hits home more and more when we see, you know, gnarly injuries, even though we know, we all know the risk that we take. So I'm just proud of her. And, you know, they're back down in Florida now. And I think that's going to be a lot more comfortable for, you know, mom and dad. And then, you know, having some people that can come visit where they can get home and, you know, get things sorted at the house or whatever they got to do. So just good to see that the, the outcome of this is, is definitely going in the right direction. Absolutely. So it goes without saying that we're obviously pulling for, for Abby, hashtag Abby strong. We're pulling for her. We're thinking about her. Uh, we're going to continue to do it. And uh, I know that her dad kind of let her know that we're sending something down there. Otherwise I was going to keep it a secret, uh, but she'll have to, <laughs> as she's listening now, she'll have to stay on the lookout for something special uh, heading her way from digging deep. And then, yeah. So for my impact moment this week, I just wanted to take a second to touch on, uh, we kind of already talked about sunset. We talked about all the great stuff that, you know, Bob and Jan, the, the pistol family their crew did to get that track to come around after uh like ian said when you guys went in there the track was uh you know the track the facility everything was saturated uh so it wasn't looking ideal nobody's better than that crew down there bob his crew uh they're so great they're the best when it comes to track prep and everything like that but uh, i kind of just wanted to take you know a second and i've said i said this on the podium a few years ago um but 
you know, those guys open their home to us. Like that is, that's their front yard. That's their yard. That's their facility that they, you know, take so much pride in and they let us come in there and tear it up. And, you know, you guys got drug in there, right? You got, you got towed into the track, at least if you were in the amateur pits and, you know, that's like people think about their equipment, maybe not wanting to, you know, have their equipment uh, go through that you know, wear and tear or whatever, but you also have to think about like, that's, that's Bob and Jan's yard like that. They're tearing up their property for us to be there. So uh, really my impact moment this week um, is just, you know, thanking those guys. I thanked Jan, I thanked Bob, but I want to thank them again in a public forum like this, because, you know, it's people like them that, you know, give us such an awesome venue to race ATVs at is such a blessing. And yeah, like, you know, maybe, you know, other locations possibly would have canceled practice on Friday and they've made a valiant effort to give everybody a racetrack. And it was a great racetrack on top of that. So just wanted to take an opportunity to thank those guys for having us and um, always so awesome to, to go to Sunset Ridge. So uh, with that, so the other thing I want to touch on before we get into the racing this weekend. So before the racing even began, I know that the three of us already kind of knew about this, but it was officially announced that the Team USA ATV team will be making its return to the Quad Cross of Nations, and the three riders representing the United States and the Czech Republic this fall will be returning champions Chad Wienan and Joel Hetrick, and joining them will be uh, 2021 third place finisher Bryce Ford, who's also third place as we speak right now. Uh, so stoked for these guys to be heading back to Europe. Thoughts on the squad trying to win Team USA's fourth title, Casey? Oh, I mean, it, it's awesome. I mean, I'm just excited to be going back, you know, or, or sending the team over and stuff like that. It's it's good. I think it's good for the sport in general. There's a lot of hype that gets around it. There's a lot of people that show up to that race. And, you know, I, the team that we're sending, I believe in it. And, you know, the way it's picked is when they when they have to pick a team, it's the top three in points. And if one of those isn't an American, then they go to the fourth place. Or if one of those guys can't go, they go to fourth place and so on down the list. So, um, I'm excited for Bryce to get that experience. I think it's going to be good for him. He's, he's a good pick for the job. He's been, you know, relatively consistent all year. This last race was a bad race for me. He had a pretty good get off, but you know, and obviously Chad and Joel are just studs and they, they go over there and perform so well. So I'm excited for it. And I can't wait. And I'm really pumped to have two guys on that team. It's awesome too. I think that we've seen, I mean, it's awesome that the, the team is going back there. I think that we have seen more international flair in our series. And I think that that's probably a byproduct of, you know, going and doing the quad cross of nations, right? Like we've had more Europeans come over here and race our series. We've always had, you know, kind of the, the central Americans or whatever, but more people coming from over there to our series. I think that that's a byproduct of us going to the quad cross of nations. And um, I think that that's just going to grow as we go here. Uh, but I want to ask Ian. So, um, how do you feel about this? I'm sure, you know, you've obviously you're a big part of this as well. And I got to believe that you're happy to see this happening. Cause I think it was maybe a little bit up in the air still. Um, so just awesome that this all came together. Yeah, I'm super pumped about it. I had actually talked to Harv, uh, out at high point about it and just to ask him for an update and so on. And, and that's kind of what got the whole ball rolling, you know, just to, I think it got real serious from that race going forward. And in fact, you know, they, I wasn't at the meeting at uh, Ironman, but I know that they all grouped together and, you know, put all their heads together to, 
make it official basically that it was going to happen. And yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. You know, internally here, I had my design team already, you know, talking about it. And, and in fact, after they sent that press release out Friday, was it Thursday or Friday? I don't re- remember. Friday. 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 Yeah. So then by Saturday morning, I had already had the first round of proofs for graphics from my team here. They had sent them to me. So I was able to push that out to everybody. You know, just, I mean, it's just one of those things where everybody comes together and Mm -hmm. everyone gets excited about it. You know, it's that whole international thing to be able to go back over there. It's, it's exciting. It's so special. It's so special as a, as a, you know, a big major fan of the supercross and motocross major fan of obviously the, the motocross of nations for years and years and years. And just to, just to think that we have an ATV version of that is, is so yeah. cool. And like you touched on, and we're going to get into this with Chad a little bit as well, but the fact that everybody like you've, there's been more togetherness because of Team USA in the last five or six years. And I think that that's a, a really cool thing. I think it's a cool thing for competitors out there in our series to see, you know, Chad and Joel coexisting together, working towards a common goal and kind of that camaraderie. I mean, you can tell like their relationship and friendship is different than it was prior to Team USA too. So again, just across the board, it's it's the coolest thing. And Ian, nothing is cooler than those USA bikes. Those, those graphics that you guys put on those things things, man. Those are my favorite, you know, full stop. Those are my favorite livery that you guys do. Yeah, for sure. And I'm excited this year to have all the guys on the same brand, you know, previous Joel was running a Honda and the other guys were on Yamaha. So, you know, you have to try and make them make it work, which we did, but this year, yeah, we're working on some some pretty cool stuff. I'm, I can't let anything out yet, but <laughs> we're working on some pretty cool stuff that, yeah, we're pumped about here for sure. And hopefully it all comes together and awesome. yeah, they're going to be clean for sure. That's awesome. And, and like you touched on, that was a thought of mine. Now that everybody's on Yamaha's just across the board makes everything a little easier. You know, you had to have all kinds of different spare stuff when there was the multiple brands and whatever. So uh, all of that, makes a ton of sense. That's going to help for sure. Help out the process. Um, okay. I don't know who wants to weigh in here and I'm Casey. I'm glad that you touched on the fact on how they, you know, decide on this team, but can somebody please explain to me the attacking of Bryce Ford? Because it, it has me so upset. Some of the stuff that I've been seeing and reading and, and these things, people talking, seems like completely out of turn. Like I'm totally cool with people voicing their opinion, but like the stuff I'm reading or seeing isn't warranted at all. And you have a kid who's 20 years old, who's dreamt and, and his family has dreamt of this opportunity for their whole lives. And I sure hope that they're not in a position where they're being robbed of all the joy that comes along with, man, he's representing our country. And he was third in points last year. And he's third in points this year, he's third in points as we speak right now, tied for third. Just the, the fact that we're seeing people out there that like, this is some egregious mistake. I just, and I get everybody's got their favorite riders. Everybody's got their opinion, all these things. But man, the stuff I'm seeing just doesn't match up with what I've seen on the racetrack so far this year. I just, again, I don't know who wants to weigh in, but it makes no sense to me. I was disgusted. I mean, the other riders, Brandon Hogue being mentioned, Nick Chanutza being mentioned, Rastrelli, all of them, 
great riders and would do our country 100% justice going over there. Yep. But it's just been a fact how we've picked every single year on what this is. I mean, third place, you know, first, second, and third go. If one of those guys can't go like the year Rastrelli went, then Rastrelli goes, you know, our fourth, fourth position. So if something was to happen and Joel or Chad or Bryce couldn't go, then Brandon Hogue, as of right now, would be the pick for that. So, I mean, it, it's just that simple. The the bashing, like, honestly, it's from what I've seen, it was a couple guys that had zero facts, know nothing. You know, they may know a lot about the sport because I don't know these guys, so I don't want to completely judge them. But, like, they don't know the inner workings of what that is. And to try to rob that from that family, from the Ford family, when they've been huge supporters of Team USA from the get-go, mm-hmm. They've been over there as fans multiple times and all that kind of stuff. And then for a kid like Bryce, like he's worked his tail off to be this guy that's the third position right now. It, it, it's bullshit, honestly. Like, leave it alone. We made the pick. It is what it is. And support Team USA. And that's the other side of it, too, is, you know, we don't do Team USA if we don't have the financial side of it to do it. So, these riding schools, you know, the work that these guys are going to put in, the extra work that they're going to chad. Joel and um, Bryce have to put in to do riding schools and to do all this other stuff to help get donations so we can afford to go over there. Mm-hmm. Like, and so adding a negative cloud around that isn't going to help. So be positive, support your country, just like these riders are and everyone that's involved. I mean, it's another undertaking on, you know, Ian and his whole team, uh, me and my team, I got to have extra shocks for Joel and Bryce both to go over there. And there was never even, when I got the phone call that Bryce you know, we, Bryce was going to be the third guy and Mark's like, Hey, you know, we're going to need, we're going to build a whole new bike and then we're going to need an extra set of shocks to bring over. Is that okay? And I'm like, absolutely. Like without a doubt, like we, we got it. Not, not a problem. So yeah, the, the cloud, like the cloud, it, it's just, it needs to go away and it needs to be positive. Agreed. So, and, and I'll let Ian weigh in here if he wants to, but I just, there's no, like the argument that I've been seeing is that you know, he's maybe not consistent enough or, or, or whatever, something along those lines. And he was third in points last year and he's, he was third in points going into Walnut and he's third in points tied for it coming out of Walnut. So in what way, what argument could somebody actually make like, this is the wrong decision. I just, um, it, it has no merit. It has absolutely no merit to me. So Ian, I don't know if you want to speak on it, but I'll, I'll give you the opportunity if you do want to. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to echo what Casey said it, you know, I, I seen some of the, the comments on, you know, the social media sites and it, it all goes back to the, it's, this is a, like, this is a team thing. And these three guys are going over there to represent the USA and our country and, and the ATV community. And they're going to do what they can to bring home the title. I mean, it's, you know, it has nothing to do with singling them out and, you know, like it all goes back to top three in points and it's, you know, someone made a comment about the, you know, looking at different athletes or different, um, whether it's, you know, someone going to the Olympics or whatever the case is, and you're going to pick, I mean, that's how, that's just how it's chosen. I mean, it's, it is what it is. And yeah, I just get frustrated too about that Me too. stuff too. And yeah. I hope it didn't, you know, I mean, I feel like it may have gotten to Bryce a little bit 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you know, on over the weekend, I didn't ask him. I didn't say anything to him. I just, you know, you hope that stuff doesn't get to him because yep. it's sad. Yeah. That people have to be that way. I agree hundred percent. I don't want, I, I, and the reason why I wanted to talk on this right away, because I'm hoping that we can just put it to bed. And from yeah. going forward here, it's all positive because again, and I, and I love all those guys. I love Bryce. I love Brandon Hogue. I love Jeffrey Australi. I love Nick Janusa. Go down the list. And I can promise you that Brandon Hogue and Jeffrey Australi and Nick Janusa aren't the people they're not, they're not bashing any of this. Like if yeah. this was the, 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 the decision that was made and they're cheering on their guys, because again, those three guys are representing our whole country. They're re- representing all of us. They're representing everybody of our series. Those people commenting, uh, whether the, the, the comments are good or bad, Chad Weenan, Joel Hattrick and Bryce Ford are representing them. They're representing everybody yeah. here, they're representing our country. So um, the, the one thing, and, and yes, like I, I do think it might've gotten to Bryce. I said to Bryce before the first moto, we, you know, we, we uh, ran into each other right before the first moto. And I said, and I, all I said to him was, man, I'm proud of you. And he said, yeah, you're the only one. And I know he knows that's not true, but I think it gives him, it gives us a glimpse of like, yeah, like, like he's a 20 year old kid, you know, he's a 20 year old young man who's just finding himself. He's one of the best ATV riders in the world, but all of us. You know, all of us, if you read something, if somebody says well, something about SSI decals or, or impact solutions or digging deep, like as much as we don't want it to bother us, it's going to bother us because you want everybody to be happy. You want everybody to to enjoy your product and, and everybody to, you know, be all in on, on what we do because we all work hard at it. So, man, I just, like I said, I, I don't want this crappy part of it you know, the 5% to, you know, outweigh all the positive and all the great comments and all the people that are stoked about this. But I did want to talk about it right away because I was hoping that we could, we could put it to bed. And you nailed it right there, Cody, you nailed it right there. It's like, I wouldn't even call it 5%. It's like 2%. Yeah. And everyone else, if you look at all comments, there's just a couple dudes that said something and then everything else is congratulations. Awesome team. So, and that's the, the worst part about it. And I do agree. I, I felt like it got to price somewhat. Um, I wish these guys would just shut their phones off and not touch their phones until Saturday night or whenever that they need to get back on their phones because there is so much social media. Or, you know, they need to have a clear head. I challenge any one of these guys or anyone that thinks they can show up and race with these guys after having to listen to the bullshit that goes on like the clarity, the risk that they take is extreme. Like they're going so fast and like, keep your shit to yourself. Like no one cares. Yep. It's stupid. Yep. And, and again, I, I love all of those guys that Bryce would have been contending with for that spot, you know, Hogue and Australia Absolutely. and Max, you know, I love, I love all these guys. Right. But I, I want Bryce to use this as fuel. I hope he does. And, and I know that he's done stuff like this in the past. In his amateur days, he used stuff like this as fuel. I know he can do it. So I hope that he's able to use this as fuel, not for the, not, you know, against the other riders necessarily, but use all the, those comments and stuff, put them in the back of your mind. Don't read them anymore, but use it as fuel. Cause if he goes out there and performs like he did last year down the stretch and earns that top three spot, nobody can say anything. So um, I have faith that he's going to do that. And, and I hope that uh, I hope that that's what we see. So um, again, I uh, don't want to, don't want to double down too much on, on that stuff because I think we got a lot of great racing to talk about a lot of good things to talk about. So let's get into that. So uh, talking about the racing now, uh, right 
right from the start of the day, it was obvious to me that these top guys were, were bringing it at Sunset Ridge. It was a three-way battle for the top spot with Hetrick and Wienan being only separated by two hundredths of a second in time qualifying. Brandon Hogue was the clear-cut third guy. Uh, who, who or what or or what were you seeing in qualifying, Ian? Uh, I'll toss it to you. What did you take away from, from qualifying on Saturday? Yeah, I mean – even watching, like you said, Hogue and, and Restrelli was right up there um, in the first qualifier. Uh, even Max was, was putting down some good laps. I was in Janusa was up there. I was, I was impressed. Definitely. I mean, I was sitting over on the end of the pro section and it was, it was real soft over. I was sitting on the one corner there where they were coming around and it was real soft. They were coming out of that lat or coming down off of that last tabletop type jump. And if you took the inside, it was a, a pretty, pretty good sized double leap, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there were definitely guys sending it over that thing. And then if you took the outside, providing you could land that that tabletop well and take the outside you could rail that thing and double that that next one mm -hmm. and that was I mean in my opinion that the guys were Joel was definitely laying down his fast laps taking that outside mm -hmm. um and it, it even dried up more for the second one but funny story I was watching the ride last night and I heard Joel make a comment where Gloop cut it out right after he said it he's like said something about me sitting there and Joel was worried about blowing the berm and taking me out. Yes. I saw. <laughs> I chuckled too. to myself. Yeah. I was like, well, that's, I was literally was almost sitting. I mean, I, I didn't feel like I was, I wasn't worried about those guys, you know, blowing the berm, but obviously I was sitting close enough that he noticed it and, <laughs> and thought about it anyway. But yeah. yeah, it was, they were, I mean, those guys are going so fast, no matter what that, you know, I, I, think that to myself all the time when I see them coming around there that they're just riding on the brink of absolute destruction you know it's, yeah I mean that's how they have to ride but yeah. it's crazy those top guys man just they make it look so easy and I think that that's what I always take away from qualifying is because you'll see them you know riding by themselves or you know it's not a race scenario so they're running just their ideal lines um, as fast as they can and just again those top guys make it look so freaking easy uh, it's just, it's incredible. And I, and you touched on that pro section. I thought that was cool. Anytime we see, you know, two different, like, you know, a section where it's got, you know, one obstacle on one side and another on the other side, I think that that makes always cool visual yeah. um, possible, you know, cool passing opportunity always there. So uh, awesome to see that again. Um, you know, Sunset Ridge is just so awesome. What they do for the quads, they can build a, an ATV track for sure. Um, so Casey, what about you? What did you take from, from qualifying in the morning on, on Saturday? I think uh, we saw the guys, like I said, it was, it was fast paced uh, right from the start. They come out that second qualifier, the pace got that much faster. So what did you take away from qualifying? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of, I was surprised that it got faster in the second qualifier. So honestly. did I. Yeah, yeah. The track was so rough already by the second qualifier, but it, maybe it just some of the stickiness of it kind of went away from that morning prep, mm -hmm. and the lines started to dry out, and they could open up some of the lines and carry a little more momentum there. But, it, you know, relatively kind of status quo. I mean, Brandon's been, you know, clicking off some really good qualifying times, you know, consistently throughout the year, really. Um Bryce was a like a tick off in in the first qualifier he got better in the second one um, but I mean on paper it wasn't like 
you know, extreme. Rastrelli, you know, Jeffrey's kind of the same as – not the same as always because I've seen him qualify, you know, second, third, and fourth. And he was just – his pace was good. I mean, their lap times were really close. And it just come down to – I. the thing that really got me was how close Chad and Joel were and yeah. doing it in the second qualifier. I mean, it was, it was insane, like, the pace that the guys were going – that already and then it continued I, I felt like it escalated all day uh, agreed 100 percent. to have only only two one hundredths between those top two guys yeah. I mean they were going back and forth Hogue was fastest before that and then you see those two guys up the pace a little bit but uh, and then so so they were both in the in the 203s Hogue was 204 and even talking with Brandon on Saturday and and we're going to have him coming up later on the show tonight but you can tell he's starting to view himself as that's where he should be he's starting to think of himself as you know I should be up there pushing those guys and we saw that basically we saw it on all day on Saturday no spoilers but in qualifying he was all alone in the 204s Nick Janusa awesome qualifying for him he's kind of turning the page with this qualifying thing uh 205 he was in the 205s fourth fastest and then Bryce was uh 206 he was fifth fastest so um yeah I thought like Casey said I thought that the the top two being so close uh, obviously bodes well going forward um, for the racing. So then Moto one Hetrick grabs the whole shot with Weenan and toe. And you could just sense right away that we were in for a knockdown drag out war, which is exactly, you know, what we would see, but this is always so awesome. It's always so awesome. I feel like when we see those battles, because, you know, we've watched these two race for a decade or whatever it is now, uh, even more than a decade, I guess. And, you know, the gnarly battles, isn't something that we, necessarily always see like these two have been so close for so long I feel like generally it comes down to the start and then you know that that kind of robs us of these battles do you look at it like that Ian at all I mean I feel like you know we see them race every weekend but they don't necessarily take swings at each other every weekend but we saw it on Saturday yeah definitely you could like you said you could tell when they both you know they came out of there that I mean Joel being out front I could tell Chad was putting the pressure, going to put the pressure on and kicking it into to overload and trying to get up there and make a move as fast as he could. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for how many years back, it's been typically those two up front and you get it, get on a track like this, that it could go either way. We've seen it go either way for yeah. in years past. So I was surprised that, that, when Chad did pull up alongside of him or real close to alongside of him that, that he actually came in that hot down in that corner where he flipped it over mm-hmm. and I didn't see it happen. I just seen it on the video on, on Gloop's video, but and he hit the ground pretty hard too from, by the way it looked, you know, he did. and, he did. and I mean, he was, they have to go for it. That's, that's all there is to it. Absolutely. I mean, you could tell that those two are pushing the pace, right? Like you could tell, I mean, even me, I was sitting there watching and I'm like, man, like Joel looks like he's like right on the edge right now. You know, like you could tell he was wicking it up because he wasn't going to give it to Chad, but I'm like, man, like there was a couple of times he got, so we were sitting on, uh, we were standing on the the amateur pit side because you can see so much of the track over there. And I think it was the same lap that Chad crashed. Joel got way up on two wheels, started bicycling and 
like Chad, and we'll talk to Chad about this, but Chad, if he would have been in the other line, he would have been blowing past, but he was locked into that rut going up back, you know, before the downhill triple, basically, and oh, yeah. heading up back that, that section before that, he was locked in the same line and basically had to wait for Joel to situate himself, um, but they were both pushing the pace. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Uh, they were really yeah. both pushing the pace, and um, you could tell Chad, like that patented kind of push that that Chad was going to put in there. You, you saw them. They were both pushing the pace. Weenan was shadowing Hetrick. And, and finally we see, you know, that patented push. And, you know, just as the pressure's mounting, down goes Chad Weenan. We can see it perfect from my section uh, where we were watching where he flips it. He got the thing remounted quickly, you know, thankfully for Chad. Um, but it ended up being a kind of anticlimactic finish, Casey. You know, we didn't, at least at the front of the pack, it was, you know, I'm thinking we're going to see them at least dice it up here at the end. And, and that never happened yeah i mean it was like a whole moto battle almost I mean, they were within you know they were close the whole time and then yeah i had just looked away and i looked back over there because you know they would go from where we're at the tower they would just make that turn and then we couldn't see them until they popped out on the other side so right. i looked over to look at you know watch someone else and i just happened to like glance back over and i just seen just the the tail end of it i didn't see what he did and then I just seen the bike pile driving them. I'm like, holy crap. Like he crashed hard. Like it wasn't. And it was so fast that mm-hmm. normally a guy like Chad or Joel or anything, when they high side like that and it tips them up and, and they're going to come off the bike, they usually, they're so quick at it. They can just step off and then they just run back to the bike, push it the rest of the way back over and they're gone. I mean, it didn't even give him a chance to do that. It just, whoop, and he was on his head. And so, yeah, definitely um, took a lot of that, the spice out of the end of that moto. And I mean, I mean, Chad was, he just went in so fast. He, he felt like he had a shot right there to make the move. And it was going to, but it was going to take that kind of speed and the burn just grabbed him and tossed him over. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's obviously so uncharacteristic. I mean, the guy make yeah. makes literally no mistakes, virtually no mistakes. So um, it's like shock when I, when I see Chad Weenan hit the ground, it's like shock. You know, I've only felt this a few times over the years because he never crashes, but uh, yeah. So, so that's what I was sitting there thinking. So, so I think Chad is ready. Let's do this. Let's get Chad in here to talk about his day and then we'll pick back up with the rest of our, our Moto one analysis from sunset Ridge. All right, guys, this next game, guest is coming off back-to-back wins, including an emotional one this past weekend at his home race at Sunset Ridge, brought to you by our friends at Yamaha and their podium-proven YFZ450R, the same blue crew machine that this man has piloted to back-to-back wins here in 2022, not to mention the record-tying eight pro-class titles that he has to his name. Check out Yamaha's full off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today and follow Yamaha Outdoors on social media. Welcome back your reigning, defending, undisputed, and eight-time ATV motocross national champion sunset ridge winner mr chad ween and chad that yamaha yfc450r was working this weekend wasn't it yeah thanks cody man what a what an awesome weekend this one really uh struck home with how close it is and what an atmosphere it was you know really enjoyed it Hey, I told you last week, there's nothing like like the atmosphere at Sunset Ridge with Chad Weenan fans. It's crazy. All day, I kept telling Brooke, like, hey, I'm going to get over and, you know, talk to Chad. And uh, as, as I should know better because at Sunset Ridge, there's a mob around around your rig at all times. So it's not as easy to sneak in there like it might be at some of the other races. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, definitely, you know, next time definitely drop in, but man, it's, it's a, it's a real deal there. They, they bring a cool atmosphere and, uh, just enjoyed every minute of the, the day that day. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us about your race day a little bit. You strung two overall victories together now and you were elated on the podium. So tell us about your day. Uh, it started well, like the beginning of the day was good. I mean, you were obviously scrappy and qualifying, um, you know, your fastest in that first session, second session. I mean, to think two one hundredths was the gap. So I'll let you take it from there. But it seemed like uh, right from the beginning of the day, uh, you were kind of in that flow, that same flow that we saw last year, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to find that that good speed and that feel on the machine. And man, uh, time qualifying was great. Like the the first one, man, like getting out there that first time qualifying, the track was already getting gnarly, which was uh, was really cool to you know seeing that it was going to turn out to be that way, that kind of a day. But with all that rain that we got leading up to it, I knew that it was going to be just like a, a gnarly racetrack kind of day. Is going to keep digging and. And uh, it, it definitely did not disappoint. And um, man, that first time qualifying, like, I think I put together a lap that was pretty strong for, you know, being the conditions. And then that second one, uh, they went out there and they cleaned up some of the track, uh, let us cut in some lines, which I uh, definitely made for like a really tight time qualifying session. And man, like my machine, like, I feel like I, I never missed a beat all day other than, you know, pushing myself, that is like, uh, like the machine was on rails. Uh, I think it really showed out there that we nailed our setup and it just, it was a dream ride kind of day. Yeah. So in qualifying that first one, you know, you guys are ripping, right. And you're top guy. Second one, obviously like right away, the, the lap times, the, the track is that much faster. Right. And it just like, even from the very beginning, and this is always how I feel at sunset with you, is it's just like you always have more in the tank, whether it's, you know, you uncork it on the last lap of qualifying or you wick it up in the middle of the moto when you have to, you just have another gear at, and maybe it's not even sunset in general. Maybe it's like some of these sunset like tracks that are extra gnarly. And uh, like you said, when, when all that rain coming into the weekend, I knew too, like this track is going to get, this track is going to get Chad Wienan rough on Saturday because it was uh, saturated going in. And that just means it gets deeper and deeper and deeper, but it always seems like you have more speed in the tank at some of these tracks like sunset Ridge. Yeah. I mean, it's, it fits my style a lot, you know, with the being deep and rough. And like, I feel like the, when the second moto came around, it started to dry out a lot. So mm -hmm. I think it really, it really played into being a really good racetrack at that point where like the first moto, like I would, I would venture around some different lines and it would really slow down my momentum. Like it was too soft still, and it wasn't ready to be, you know, those lines weren't ready to be used. And, like that second moto, once it dried out, like I was able to, you know, move around and really find some different lines that really helped me flow around the track really well. It's cool too, like the way that some of the lines came together, like even like in front of what would be like the amateur side pits, like some of those inside outsides that Bob had down there. Like it was pretty cool because a lot of times with an ATV track, you don't see guys like you, the, the best of the best searching for lines in the middle of the race. And the way that you know, sunset has come together recently. It seems like there are like multiple lines. Like there can be lines where a guy like you or Joel is running a line that barely anybody on the racetrack is running. And, and Bob's really got a knack for that with some of these, you know, sections and corners he's put together at sunset race. Cause we don't see that a ton. Like typically it's almost like all you guys are running the same, same lines. And it's cool how sunset has come together where that's not necessarily the case. Oh yeah. I mean, it, they they have a great pro they have a great setup down there with the the track and 
you know, they actually, they trust, they know, it's almost like they, they're gambling on what's going to happen, but they obviously, they don't know exactly, but I mean, going from one moto to the other, the lines change from one moto to the other. So it's, mm-hmm. it's cool how a track can change like that, you know, throughout the day and it keeps everybody on their toes. You know, you just can't keep pounding that same line the whole race and expect the same result. You know, when, when it's time to move, it's time to move. So it's, it's pretty cool how like the track and change like that there. Yeah. The sunset crew is the best. And, and again, like kind of touching on that same topic, but it's cool because like rarely on an ATV track and in some of those Sandy corners, like you got, you know, the outside is way out there and the inside is pretty far inside, but the inside's got a roller and it's rough. And that outside line is smooth. It's just, it's just something we don't see a ton with ATVs. So it, it's cool. It reminds me of, of like outdoor motocross, you know, two wheel stuff, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so, so first moto then uh, you, you know, you're, you're in second, you're pushing putting this push on Joel, you know, you're, you can see the charge coming. Like you can see it. Like I said to Brooke, who was standing next to me, I'm like, here it comes. Like I, we knew it was coming. It comes every year at sunset Ridge. Right. So uh, we see that patented um, Chad Wienan push coming uh, like a, like a shark sensing blood in the water. Like we've seen so many times and it's almost like it wasn't meant to be. So take us through kind of what happened towards the end of that moto there. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I kind of like settled into like riding behind Joel there for a while and just uh, watching a lot of his lines. And I was also trying other ones around him and just seeing if there's like ways where I could make a run on to make a clean pass. And um, man, I tried several different things. And then also while I was doing that, I was dropping time from him. You know, I'd drop like tents here, tents there. And I was like, okay, like I can't keep dropping that much time from him so I just had to follow it follow suit there for a while Mm -hmm. and and I I noticed like Joel was having like his problems on track where he was making mistakes pushing himself Mm -hmm. and I was locked into the same line that he was and it I think a couple there's probably a couple couple, like probably two different instances where I could have made a clean pass around him if I was in the (laughs) line you're in the other line it happened right in yep. front of us on that hill there where, where joel got up on two wheels and you had nowhere yep. to go but let him get back on four I mean, he, he made a spectacular save like yeah. keeping four wheels and mm-hmm. like i was i could have i could have bet the bank on it that he was going to be tipping over but man he saved it somehow and yeah. uh you know i i just had to sit there and sit in that line and wait till he got back going But honestly, like that was a race that like, like I haven't felt that all year long where I could, I could sit or I could basically sit into that line and I could try other things, catch back up, you know, try other things, lose some time, catch back up. Like I felt like I could do, I felt like I had like the pace there to obviously contend to that top spot and it was just an enjoyable time for me, even though like I made an attempt that it didn't turn out for me. I ended up turning over on the machine and Mm -hmm. getting spit off the machine. But man, like I was, uh, I I was giving it, I was giving it like a good, a good push, but I I honestly don't feel like I was overriding the machine. I just picked a line that it was like one of those lines that were still, still was pretty wet and it, it really sucked my machine and it just caught my front end and spit me off. But Honestly, like, yeah, I wish I would have, like, looking back at it now, but, like, you should have just calmed down and waited uh, for another mistake. But, I mean, 
I, it was time for me to go. So I was going to give it, give it everything I had. Yeah. I mean, I think you said it the best in the, in your post earlier today, right? Like you were the hunter, you could tell you, I mean, you were the hunter in this scenario. Uh, and, and yeah, like you could feel it mounting kind of, like I said, like you could feel the charge mounting and it got to the point where, I mean, not that you were frustrated, but you needed to make the pass. Like you were within yeah. a couple, a couple, you know, laps of this thing being over, right? Like it had to have happened with two or three laps to go. And um, yeah, it was time. And, and there was only so many places where you were going to be able to, you know, throw a wheel in there and get the, get the spot. And that was one of those spots and it just didn't work out. So um, yeah, I'm sure I, I know how you are, Chad, like the, the ultimate competitor, like you are, you'd rather have what happened happened than not get a chance to put the, the tire in there and see, you know, what right. the outcome would be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I caught a really good run on Joel on that section before that. And I was like, well, I'm going to give her a shot. Maybe he'll make a little bobble on the outside. And I was the one who ended up making the, the last mistake. But like, honestly, I'm, I'm proud of, you know, my, my fire that I had that first moto. And it really set me up well for that second moto to really go out there and put in a strong rod. Yeah, so second moto was almost a replay of the first, but this time, you know, you weren't going to be denied and you could tell that and I and I just, you know, you had this feeling right you had this feeling that you were going to be, you were going to have, you know, that extra gear in that second moto I don't know if it had anything to do with what happened in the first moto or not but uh, you weren't going to be denied and we could sense that early on I mean you wasted no time with going to the front in that second moto. Yeah, I mean like I didn't nail my start very well like I it was like my, my, my first shift out of the, right. Just leaving the gate. I just kind of didn't hit it very clean and I got dropped a little bit and got squeezed out, but man, like came out of that first turn and fourth, made a couple quick passes on Jeffrey and Brandon within that first lap. And I was on Joel already. And I was like, okay, like I was going to try and push him along and like not allow him to get a ton of time on the track before he would settle into a line and I was like, okay, I'm going to try to keep pushing these. I'm going to pick opposite lines of what he's doing and just see what I can do. And we, I was, I found, I picked that line on that option line going up the hill back towards like the finish line area. Mm -hmm. um, actually the center part of the track, I would say. And mm -hmm. I got a good run on him up the hill and then jumping down the triple step down, we were side by side and um, had the inside line for that, following turn and just kind of took over from there mm -hmm. and it felt like a lot of like I would have like my, my section where I was really yeah. like gap away and then I felt him like where I passed him I felt him like catch back up there so I was I was like okay like he's definitely taking like that outside line there but I don't want to open up to it mm -hmm. so I just stuck with my guns and uh kept running my line that was working so well and she like it was probably third to fourth last lap I put in two really good clean laps and I was like okay I'm not hearing him anymore I, I don't feel him right there and then I got up to I got up to Michael and he gave me the he gave me the pit board like uh um like my gap and I was like okay like I got a good three four second gap so I was like we we got them where we want them. So I was really happy with, you know, cause going through that whole race, like that's a mental race because you're like, you're pushing so hard. It's not getting easy. Mm -hmm. You're like, man, like just keep going. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to try and I'm going to try and break his spirit. You know, that's mm -hmm. what, I, what I was trying to do. And 
Yep. I really feel like we got to that point where it was, you know, the breaking point for both of us. And he was the first one to flinch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was crazy to watch because sometimes like, I guess, however you use the word battle, but sometimes battle doesn't necessarily mean like you guys are like going back and forth. It was kind yeah. of like you said, like you had one section, he had another section. Like you said, he was doing that double pretty clean from the outside in the section where you made the pass and he was able yeah. to figure that out being behind you. But yeah, I totally get that. You're not going to go out there and check that out when you're got a lead, you're doing like you're doing what's worked because he wasn't yeah. even able, like he was having to straddle the ruts or whatever to get a good lift. So it wasn't like, drop in the line and, and it was all going to be you know easy as pie so anyways he was searching he finds that line and it was impressive because he you know he he hung with you for a while which isn't necessarily how you know we thought that this was going to go I thought that you were just going to cruise off on the rest of the field knowing that no points were going to be lost you knew that that's what you know that team was thinking in their head at the time but uh yeah man the way that you were able to outlast him and, and make that gap at the end was impressive and it was cool it was so cool because like as soon as you get the win, you see all the emotion, right? Like I, there's, you know, that, that patented, you know, the swing you do off over the finish line and, and then everything that ensues after that. But I have to ask you about one thing. And I saw this picture earlier today, Chad, what happened after the finish line? I see, I see the Yamaha upside down, all the fans right there. I see the fence. I'm assuming you must've hit the fence. Like, like when you're celebrating with the fans, I got to believe that that's what happened. Were you celebrating too hard? Yeah, we, I was celebrating a little too hard, got a little too close, didn't want to miss any of the little guy's hands, and uh, just caught a little bit of the post, and I'm driving with my right hand, crossing over with my left, trying to hit the hit everybody's hands, and it just it just caught it, and that was the end. And I, I just, honestly, like, when it happened, I'm, like, falling to the ground. I'm like, you know, it's been a season of just weird things that go on, and I just got to go with it, you know? So, yeah. but, so, so what was your first reaction? What do you do at, when you get up, do you like keep hyping the crowd up or what's your first oh, reaction? Yeah. I, I was stuck there for probably good. It felt like 30 seconds because it was, it, the machine was stuck on my boots. So like, I could have tried to rip it out of there, but I was like, I was like signaling back to Harv. I'm like, Hey Harv, like I'm stuck. Can you come help me? And he's waving at me. I'm like, no, I'm stuck. Come here. And eventually Max of all, of all people came over and he helps get, get it off of me. And like, weaning, what are you doing, man? Like done. I'm like, yeah, you know, just celebrating too hard, I guess. <laughs> well, this is one that I'm not going to forget. I So I, I was totally oblivious to this happening. Um, I have no idea that this happened. So I see the I see the photos of it. Then after the fact, I'm like, what the heck was Chad doing? Like, that's a first. There are very few firsts for you at this point, Chad, but that was one of them. Oh, yeah. And now I've, it's been a year of some firsts, but man. Uh... I guess it all it all it all goes away when you're getting that getting that win at home. So the the fans definitely uh, did not let that bring me down at all. <laughs> no, I was gonna say like nothing was gonna was gonna dampen the mood there. Um, yeah. All the emotions were high on the podium. I thought it was so cool that you know to see you pumping up the crowd, right? Like oh. you get up, you know, they say your name, you're on top of the box, and you're you know getting the crowd all riled yeah. up. A very pro Chad Weenan crowd, which is awesome. Uh, so fun to see and. Um, and, and yeah, I got to believe that that's like the top of the world feeling for an athlete. It doesn't get much better than that. And then think about how, how uh, 
how rare it is for you to have this. You know, do you have a true home race, which very few racers have full of mm-hmm. their own crowd. So, to, I mean, it was like, it, it just felt like Chad Wienan fans were 20 to one there or, what, or oh, yeah. whatever the ratio might be. Yeah. They, uh, they definitely showed up in a big way. They, they like, I mean, just amped me up all day. And I just, I had a, I had a mission and they, they were a part of that mission and uh, just the way that we, we brought it all together and, man, they, they did, they did a great job, you know, like cheering me on. They did so well. And like, just the moments that, that came with it, like, I'll never forget them. You know, it was just a special day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was uh like I said, it was special. A lot of emotions there and um, just, just awesome stuff. So uh, Briarcliff is next, Chad, uh, same location where you clinched your record tying eighth title last year. So I assume you head into that facility with, you know, many great emotions rushing back thoughts going into Briarcliff. Oh man. Like just uh, like the things that we kind of been working on the last couple of weeks, you know, like setup wise and engine wise, like, I think it's really going to show, like, bring me, like, a good confidence coming in there. And just the way my machine was handling at at sunset, like, it felt like I could ride that machine all day long and it wasn't going to give me problems. And, like, my my energy was there all day. Like, usually when I'm pushing that hard in in that intense of a battle, like, I'm I'm starting to, like, get fatigued. But I never felt any of that out of of sunset. So I feel like we can really – push ourselves there at, uh, at uh, Briarcliff here in a couple of weeks and, you know, try to, I got a great whole shot streak there so far. Um, yeah. Just in there for a couple of times, uh, two for two. So we're going to try and position ourselves out front and stay there. You know, uh, it's going to be a tough race. Every, every single one from here on out, is going to be tough. And I just know that I got to keep bringing my best version of myself every weekend and uh, just be on, be on every time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Do you, so do you feel like you get a little bump when you and the family go back to Illinois? Like it's a, like it's a fresh breath of air as you head to the races and with your prep and everything else. I mean, it's obviously your main home base. Do you feel like you get a bump from that? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I honestly think I do just because like down in Florida, it's a, it's a, it's a commute every day for me to go ride. So I, I maybe I don't get the best out of myself every time or like getting back to my track. I'm able to, really put myself to the trenches or what it is but you know I'm just I feel like I get a breath of fresh air when I get back here I think it's my happy spot so it's uh it's exactly what what it what what I need to bounce myself back into this championship yeah that's awesome I, I thought that that might be the case I want to touch on one last happy thing before we get out of here so last week the 2022 team USA ATV team was announced for this year's quad cross of nations uh, you guys will be heading to the Czech Republic on the weekend of September 24th and 25th to represent our great nation where you're going to be seeking your fourth quad cross of nations title as a team uh, you guys three-peated the event in 2017 18 and 19 um, you have to be still Chad to to head to Europe again in 2022 I know that these trips these events uh, representing our country is something that you speak glowingly about every time we've talked about it Um, but that's got to be an honor that's got to be a huge honor for you guys and I'm glad to know that the team is going to go over and do that again so just touch on that before we get out of here yeah I mean it's great like we're we're able to get ourselves back and and ready to go for our fourth nation's appearance and you know, we got a really strong team, really happy with with uh, our team. And um, I think it's going to be a great experience. And, you know, we got uh, 
obviously we got a lot of work to do before we get to that point, but honestly, like very stoked and we're going to be heading back over to Europe and have it and seeing like a lot of the racers that we haven't seen for a couple of years. And, you know, I'm in touch with quite a few of them, you know, so it's, uh, I think they're all very excited to have us back and, you know, we're going to see what they've been been able to improve on for the last couple of years. So I'm sure it's going to be tighter racing than ever. And, you know, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be a cakewalk. So we just got to make sure we're preparing ourselves uh, mentally. And, you know, also uh, it, like the logistics of getting our stuff there is, uh, is different this year. So uh, we got to start on it like right now, just getting ourselves prepared. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun journey and uh, we're going to enjoy it. And, we're going to bring the whole family over. So it's going to be a, we don't, we don't, uh, we, we don't like to leave the, the family behind when we go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. I think, um, you know, thankfully it's not your first rodeo, right? Like, you know, what you need to prep, you know, a lot about the logistics, yeah. you know, all these things. And, uh, and then, you know, as racers for you and Joel, you know, you guys have been staples of these, these Euro trips, obviously. Uh, and now here comes Bryce Ford. I know, you know, he and his family have dreamt of this day and this opportunity for a long time. Um, so I think that that's pretty darn special. And I feel like, you know, maybe for you, and I'm sure you don't need extra motivation, but I feel like, watching somebody experience you know that for the first time is probably a reminder to guys like you and Joel who have done this multiple times um you know what a special honor this is not that again not that you need a reminder on how special this is but to see somebody experience it for the first time and how big of a deal this is I'm assuming that that is a cool thing to see from your perspective as well oh definitely I mean just seeing the, the rawness of you know the first time he goes over there and sees uh you know the ins and outs of what really goes on. He's been there before to just watch, but it's a different experience when you're sitting there on the gate and you're prepping your own gate. You don't have your mechanic there behind you. You know, it's a lot of like, you know, I mean, you try to line up behind your team member so you two can work together, but man, it's, it's a, it's a different experience and it's, it's a great one. And uh, I just hope everybody is able to stay safe and healthy and we can uh, go over there and, uh, go go give our best to try and bring back a fourth yeah absolutely and on the heels of memorial day i know that this is something that you and i have you know talked about a little bit um but you know representing the greatest you know nation in the world um mm. in, in our sports version of the olympics like there's simply nothing like that and i know how much that means to you so that's again like I'm sure that you don't take any of these things for granted to be nominated and to be able to do this again. It wasn't that many years ago that, you know, the USA didn't, didn't do a quad cross of nations. Like we didn't, yeah. we didn't do this. So it's gotta be special for you too, to be in the era of, you know, this kind of thing beginning and being a big, you know, part of making this a tradition basically of, yeah. of team USA going over there. That's gotta be a big deal. Yeah. And uh, you know, we, uh, myself and Thomas Brown, we dreamt of being able to do this a long time ago, and uh, it's it's been come true, and it's kind of like pinched me. This is my fourth time going, so um, obviously you don't know how many more times we got, but I'm going to enjoy every one that, that I'm able to be a part of and give everything I got for, you know, my country, and, you know, I just – I love the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, proud, obviously, to have you representing our great nation, all of us here. And, and Chad, congrats on your fourth selection to Team USA. Congrats on back-to-back -back wins here in 2022. Uh, your fourth consecutive Sunset Ridge victory, 62nd win of your career. You're on a roll and uh, we know that you want to continue as the hunter, not the hunted at Briarcliff and beyond. So that'll be fun to watch.
yeah no i'm i'm excited uh just just getting that feeling of just being uh being that guy is is always good because you know don't know if it's ever gonna come back again so it's it's like one of those things that you just want to hold on to as long as you can and try to uh keep being the alpha male out there but honestly uh each one's gonna be gonna be its own fight so we're gonna keep battling and having fun and going back to the nation's thing like it brings us together at like in because like you could be team Joel, you could be team Chad. And then we go to the nations, your team USA, you know, like it's, it's really cool experience and it brings our whole community together. And like, that's a, that's an awesome part of that. Well, and just to see you two as racers, you know, obviously you're the most competitive dudes there. Um, but even, even the, even, you know, you guys want to run through a brick wall to beat each other. There's nothing you want to do more than beat the other person. At the same time, I think that you're, um, not that, not that there was any lack of respect, but I feel like the respect and understanding of, of each other and all of like that bond that you get, right? Like how many times in sports do you see how the bitterest of rivals end up being friends in the end, maybe after they're you know done being competitors, because they right. can, un- they can understand each other. You know, what yep. Joel goes through and Joel knows what you go through more than anything. So where I'm going with all this is when team USA started, you could tell, just the different relationship that or friendship, however you want to call it, that you and Joel developed. And I think that that's a special thing. And I think it's a special thing for everybody to see that it's just one big togetherness. Like it's, it's just a representation of, of, of American ATV motocross is it's just one big family. And that's what team USA represents. Oh yeah. Hit the nail on the head right there. Awesome. Well, Chad, I uh, won't keep you any longer. Obviously, congrats on everything. Team USA, yep. uh, Sunset Ridge, everything going forward. Um, you got the momentum right now. Like you said, it's going to be a it's going to be a different fight each time out, but you got the momentum right now. So congrats on that. Congrats on uh, everything. And I appreciate you being here to talk about it. Yeah, man, Cody, thanks a lot for having me. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be talking soon. We're wishing you the best of luck, pal. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Yeah, man. Later on. That's Chad Weenan brought to you by Yamaha and a podium proven YFZ450R right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Thanks, Chad. Later. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. We used to speak of a CST takeover, but now 2022 is the year of CST supremacy. CST's Pulse MXR tires are the choice of Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, meaning CST tire riders are in contention for pro-class wins and a possible podium sweep every time they hit the racetrack. CST tires are also the official tire choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, but you already knew that. I, your host Cody Jansen, helped pioneer the CST takeover with Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears on my way to -to back-to-back national championships and a pro sport podium to cap off the 2021 season. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offer the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Did I mention they offer contingency payouts as well? Visit shop.csttires to join the CSD Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CSD Tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. 
And whether it's eight time and reigning ATVMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, or seven time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all time in titles one, it's clear the podium proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI Decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big-time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best-looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off. And today, you couldn't imagine ATV Motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV Motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship-winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. 
All right, back here with Ian Harris and Casey Greek talking Sunset Ridge Moto 1 on the Digging Deep ATBMX podcast. Uh, you just heard from Chad Weenan there, great stuff. And we'll get into more of some of the things that he talked about here as we go. But Joel Hatcher grabs the Moto 1 win after Chad Weenan suffers that crash trying to stick the pass there in Moto 1. Brandon Hope also coming up later on the show. He rode all alone in third, basically, in this one for the entirety of the first Moto. He was fire in qualifying. That momentum kind of carried over into the Motos. Uh, pretty impressive, wouldn't you say, Ian? You kind of touched on him in qualifying, but man, he just, he looked like he clearly had another gear from those guys that he's typically battling with. He was, like I said, all alone in, in third on this day. Yeah, absolutely. He, he rode a great race, uh, both motos for that matter. But, you know, even in that, that first moto, he just kind of sat there all alone in third, like rode his own pace and, and even look at his lap times. I was, you know, looking at him earlier today and I mean, they were just consistent across the board. he, you know, did what he had to do. He knew where those guys were at out front and I'm sure he knew, you know, who was behind him. I think, you know, between Jeffrey and Bryce and Janusa, who were all three back there battling at one point. I mean, he knew that they were, they weren't super close to him and they knew he knew where they were at. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I even thought that when I was watching the race, like, he's just being consistent and riding his own race and knew what he had to do, you know, and just to be in, so in control, you know, he was just yeah. in control of that position all day. And I think that that's why he was so proud of that. That's what we heard on the podium. Like I said, we got him coming up later on the show, but he was so proud just to be, just to be that guy. he never got sketchy. He had that position yeah. kind of all day long. And, and, you know, we've talked about on how many shows about, you know, the lack of Thomas Brown and seeing somebody step up for it. And at least for the last two weeks, you know, Brandon's been that guy. So um, it's awesome. I mean, that, yeah. I know you guys both play ATV fantasy with us, but it, that's how I end up evaluating these guys. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but you know, you think about Hogue and you think about, Ford and you think about, you know, Max and you think about Janusa and it's like, those are the guys I, you know, the groupings, I guess I think about and, you know, Brandon may be starting to break out from that grouping. So uh, just, just awesome to see there. So um, he finished third, he was strong third in that moto. So fourth and fifth in that opening moto was Jeffrey Rastrelli and Max Linquist for most of the moto anyway. Uh, I was impressed with the way that Jeffrey held off Max. Um, he held him at bay for literally nine pressure packed laps. I'm sure Casey, you were monitoring that that with with working with Jeffrey and then Max ended up endowing on the final lap and he would uh, end up seventh then after that but uh, I was impressed with Jeffrey Casey I don't want to lose that in in this whole uh, talk here because to keep a, a rider like Max Linquist who we know thrives in those conditions at bay for all of that time holding off that pressure that takes a, a lot out of a rider and I was impressed by by Jeffrey in that sense. Yeah, Jeffrey rode awesome. Max rode really good, too. I mean, both of those guys, they were tooth and nail there until Max, he, he just caught the edge of the wind row, like of where, like, the tractor cuts into the track there, and it just spit him. All I caught of his was kind of the same thing with Chad's. Just his feet were in there pretty much. I was like, whoa, what happened? Like, I had no idea, and then he was gone, and the flaggers didn't see him because it was kind of a blind spot there from the corner, and I seen it, so I'm, like, yelling at the officials, like, hey, someone's down, someone's down, and it took him a second. I never seen him pop back up, and then he come around, you know, and, and it was all good. He wasn't in the track. He was actually off the track anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Um, but, yeah, Rastrelli, I mean, I I think the, the thing that we're seeing with Rastrelli right now is he's putting in a lot of work. 
he, he's riding a bunch, um, and, and he's doing a lot of off-bike training. He, he looks different. We've talked about it a hundred times. And he's he's in a good place, and he's riding well. I mean, there's yes. nothing he, – he can't, you know, hold his head low on the day at all. I, I thought he had a solid day. Yeah, I mean, starts are good. He doesn't fade. Like, that's why I was kind of touching on that, that he just he wasn't going to let Max get by. And, and, again, that's a very hard thing to do when you're, you know, getting pressured by somebody to hold him off for basically the entire race uh, is pretty impressive. So, uh, Bryce Ford, he ends up inheriting fifth then on the last lap when Max goes down. But it was a hard-fought, hard-fought fifth for Bryce there. He battled back from outside the top ten to grab that top five spot. Yeah, he had basically had to battle through a gnarly pack of guys that were duking it out in the middle of this race. I'm sure Ian, you were kind of monitoring him, but uh, I, I don't know. I came away from that first moto impressed with Bryce because he had to battle through basically every every gnarly guy in the class. He had to get through them to get to the top five. Yeah, what did he come out ninth or tenth off the mm-hmm. off the start? And yeah, it, you know he made some quick moves, you know, fairly quickly within the first handful of three, four, five laps, I think, and. And it, I could tell it wasn't an easy, an easy feat for sure. I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was moving right along and, and able to get past those guys, but it wasn't easy. Um, you could tell it was, you know, those guys aren't going to just give spots up for sure. It's you got to work for it and, and make it happen if you're going to do it. Exactly. I mean, when you're talking about Wesley Wolf and, and guys like that, guys like, you know, that they're not going to give it to you. And, and he had to go through those guys. I, I posted, yep. um, I posted that they were duking it out for sixth or whatever it was at the time. And, and Bryce ends up kind of breaking through that log jam. And uh, during the play-by-play, as I was kind of um, touching on that as well, during the play-by-play on the Ding Deep page, I posted how Bryce was, you know, bringing Janusa with him. Janusa actually kind of put a toe strap on Bryce and followed him through. Uh, so hard fought, uh, um, race for him as well because he was able to come through in six there and that would set him up well for for moto two in the overall and uh, we touched on max falling to seventh out of the, out of fifth on that last lap little crash that he had and the last guy i want to shout out here tying up the first moto is logan stanfield really impressive um he was eighth in this one he rode all by himself basically almost seemingly all day he was all alone but he was super impressive because again talking about uh, fantasy stuff but he checked out on the guy that he's typically battling against you know he put guys even like Wesley Wolf guys that are sometimes ahead of him um behind him and then you know put a gap on them so impressive ride for Logan Stanfield there we'll touch on him more as we go here um so let's move on to moto two then I don't know about you guys but I would have bet my life that Chad Wiener was going to win this moto I just I don't know what it was I don't know if it was the, the crash or whatever but my gut feeling was Chad Wieland's going to win this moto. And so whole grips, the whole shot. Um, he's obviously had his starts dialed in. That's awesome to see for him, it's putting him in great position. Uh, we'll chat with him right here in a bit, but Joel Hattrick and Chad Wieland quickly grab the top two spots. So they make a move there on the first lap and you can instantly see that Chad is not messing around Ian. I'm sure uh, you were, you, you know, you were able to see there, but he had a totally different intensity in this one. Yeah, for sure. You could tell he came out with some fire and, and he, you know, made a move early on in the moto and, and made it stick. And, and you, I mean, I just knew that, I mean, he's going to put his head down once he gets around him and either guy would do that, of course, but they're going to put in some, you know, sprints and fast laps as, as fast as they can and try to gain a, 
at least a little edge on him for sure. And yeah, I mean, being his home track, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna come out firing for sure. And, you know, after the moto talking to Joel, I guess he said he was even hearing some funky noises coming from his bike and towards the end. And I'm sure he wasn't going to risk anything, which I, you know, he, he knows what he needs to do. He's, you know, he's not, these guys are well seasoned veterans to know that it's not worth blowing the bike up if and risking all that for sure. Yeah. I mean, we talked, we talked so much going into the race that, you know, this was a, this was a big one because it was going to be an opportunity for Chad to go one, one, something that he really probably needed. Um, but you know, Joel comes away with that first moto and then kind of the pressure is off Joel, you know, like he doesn't have to push it totally to the limit and he's still going to finish second, most likely. And, you know, I think that he, those things probably went through his mind there if he was hearing some sounds and stuff going on in that moto there. But, uh, so Chad wasn't going to be denied. Now you could see the intensity in him. He forces his way into the lead, but from that moment on, we saw really impressive riding from Joel. Like he wasn't, you know, before, you know, we ultimately know that he heard some noises or, or saw some smoke or whatever it was. Um, but he wasn't going to let Chad have this one. He, he really, really pushed it. And I was impressed by that Casey. I'm sure you were impressed by your rider in that sense, man. He, he, he started to like give Chad all he could handle. It seemed like. Yeah. I think uh, sometimes it's, you know, I've said it many, many, many times. It's almost better at times being second. Yeah. Especially when you're when you're that capable, and I think he picked up on probably a few lines, you know, kind of got sick of getting roosted, and and there's motivation. I mean, what better feeling for Joel to beat his main rival at his home track? I mean, that, that's huge. So I mean, for him, I think he was going to put it down, and he was going to do whatever it took to try to make the move back. You know, some unfortunate things happened, and he didn't get to do that. And, or, you know, to even really get to make the attempt to put it in. Like I talked to him yesterday and I'm like, if you have a spot that you thought maybe you could really do it. He said, well, there's a couple spots, but I was going to have to get really close before I could do it. And every time I'd get really close there with him, like he would step it up. And so then I take another lap to figure out how much more I had to step it up to get myself in position. And then, you know, I started hearing some things and, it was just better, you know, it was a no points lost day and better just to back that thing off, make sure we made it to the finish line, whether, you know, it was making noises or not. I mean, I, I know Joel well enough, like it was making some noises. So he backed her down and that was really, you know, the smartest thing he could do for the championship and leave there basically like we never showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's only, gap wise. The, yeah, there's only 10 races. So when there's only 10 races and you lose a round, you know, where you tie or a round goes by and you tie in points, none are lost, none are gained and you have a 26 point lead. Um, and it's and it's your your counterparts, you know, home track like eh, it, that, that's kind of a win, you know, especially that's a huge uh, win. Exactly. So he wasn't going to risk it. Um, so, so I think that that was, that was obvious there. So Chad Weenan, uh goes on to, to win this one. He grabs the moto to win in the overall victory. Joel Hetrick goes one, two for second. And uh, like I said, a win of sorts on Chad's home track and three, three on the day was Brandon Hope all alone in the second moto, super impressive performance. Uh, let's get Brandon in here to ch- chat about uh, his best, uh, best weekend, best day of the season so far, back-to-back podium finishes for him so uh, let's get him in here to talk about it 
All right, guys, joining us tonight is another rider who has been on an absolute tear of late, brought to you by Blunzall, the oil choice of the Digging Deep ATBMX podcast. To learn more about Blunzall's rich history or to shop Blunzall's full line of racing lubricants, visit Blunzall.com and follow them at Blunzall on Instagram. Coming off back-to-back podium finishes, say hello to Mr. Brandon Hogue. What's up, mate? Welcome back to the show, and congrats on a couple killer weekends for you. What's up, mate? Thanks. Yeah, I really like the way that sounds now. Back-to-back podium sounds pretty sick. Dude, you've been you've been on a tear. Maybe I should call you Thomas Brown like Michael Bird did on the podium there because, man, you were top three all day at Sunset Ridge from qualifying to the motos. It was like never in doubt, plus that whole shot award. Um, that had to be, at least from my perspective, one of the best days you've ever had as a pro. Yeah, I think it might be the best, to be honest just because I definitely felt like I was, I mean, I don't know, closer to that level that Joel and Chad were at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I qualified pretty dang good, and I just felt confident in myself compared to, like, the rest of the field. Um, I mean, other than Joel and Chad, obviously. But, yeah, I, I really wanted to try to get, like, mix it up with them guys in the races. But, man, the first couple laps – in the motos they they were really getting after it and i tried you know i tried my best but i realized like it helped me open a gap to fourth place and then at that point i'm like man you know third third is where i'm at today so but yeah it just felt awesome for sure like this is the first kind of race for me where i definitely did feel like i was you know uh on that on a little bit higher level than than normal Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm assuming it's a balancing act a little bit because at some point you realize like, hey, I don't want to push push it so much, you know, trying to hang with those guys that I'm going to jeopardize like this, this very, I don't want to say comfortable, but pretty comfortable third that I'm sitting in. And like you said, man, like the, I mean, your speed was incredible. Like, you know, you're mixing it up with those guys and qualifying, you were top qualifier at one point, you end up being third and, and kind of being all by yourself. Right. So, um, and then that kind of is what happened in the motos. Like you said too, you latched onto those guys a little bit and, and it was like, you almost ended up in no man's land. You were kind of all alone in the motos and that's what stood out to me. That's why it reminded some of us of, of Thomas Brown, I think, because you had, at least at this race, you had graduated, you know, uh, kind of above of or ahead of the guys that you typically are locked in a crazy battle with. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely like new to me. Um, I mean, a lot of times if you're, if you're in the motos, like you'll look at the guys behind you or try to like eyeball where everyone is. And it was the first time where I, I actually could just comfortably open up a gap and, and then just maintain it. Like, dude, it was insane. It was like, I, I wouldn't say it was easy by any means, but my bike just worked really good. And it just honestly did feel pretty dang, uh, like in control for sure. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it was just a lot to do with my machine working good. Like I said, uh, usually sunset gets pretty beat as you know, but yeah, my bike was freaking just on rails. The Honda was working, dude. Uh, yeah, it was just a really good feeling to, to kind of have everything come together like that. 
That's awesome. You could tell, at least I thought I could tell from the morning even already that you just had, you had some crazy intensity going on. I kept saying to Brooke, watch how fast Brandon is going right now. Like you were just throwing it into the ruts where, you know, other guys were kind of waiting for the rut and then taking off when they got into it, man. Like it was just like you were flowing so well. And um, man, you were jiving with that track. Like you said, in the whole shots, Brandon, the whole shots are, are locked in right now. Whole shot award in the second moto. And that makes your job exponentially you know easier right so much easier when you can start up front like that yeah it's cool you you said that about like charging ruts and stuff like in the qualifying I felt like I was dude I felt like I was insane for sure I mean there were some moments where <laughs> I was getting pretty squirrely but like I don't know dude I, I definitely was hoping that people realized my intensity was pretty dang good Hey, at least um, one, at least one guy did. Cause I did. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate when people actually compliment that type of stuff because honestly, not a lot of people do like, they just kind of say you're riding good and stuff, but right. I was trying to hit stuff fast and uh, yeah. And then about the whole shots, like, yeah, dude, they're still really good. I line up next to Joel and Chad. Like I, I split them, you know, in the second moto mm -hmm. and then I, I just, yeah, like I have a really good, good place on where my starts are they're really consistent even the first moto i actually would have came out better but i i false neutral like in the turn and it kind of kind of shafted me it was my mistake but yeah my starts are pretty dang uh dialed in which feels good for sure yeah for sure and, and getting starts like that i mean like you said splitting those guys in the motos all these things and, and this is a conversation we've had so many times, but it's the culmination of, you know, you like living out these dreams of yours and then putting together an entire day like you did um, just before the motos, you had got done telling me that you're finally feeling like, like you belong here. Like this is exactly where you belong. It's not like in awe or starstruck or like, man, like, wow, I can't believe I'm here type of thing. It's finally like, man, like this is where I belong. Right. So, um, we got done having that conversation and then for you to go out there and have such a stellar day where you were just like, like I said, I mean, you were head and shoulders, the next best guy other than those two guys all day long, which, you know, throughout the entire day, maybe we haven't seen yet from really anybody. So, I mean, just so cool to see. And again, um, just putting it all together. And then, you know, after that conversation we had, like it was almost pinch me moment for me just cause it was, it was really, really special. Yeah. I thought that was cool too. Cause I think we talked before the first qualifier. Or maybe, no, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was like after qualifying or something. Yeah, but yeah, it was right before the first moto. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. I did tell you, I, I felt like now I do belong like everywhere I am now, you know, it, it doesn't matter if I'm practicing somewhere during the week or anything like comparing myself to Joel and Chad, I always would like, you know, it's always like a, how a kid takes it. You, it's who I looked up to and stuff. But now it's like, I don't really say that anymore because I think I've done a lot. I've done a lot of stuff, man, that a lot of people wouldn't do. And it just makes me realize I do belong here. And yeah, I, I have pretty big plans, man, for the future. Like we're not done. We're like, we're just getting started, brother. So yeah, I'm just I love it. like, dude, I'm, it's insane. You know, this, it's really insane. Well, and there's a, there's obviously a point, you know, and I'm sure it wasn't very long into his career, but there was a point where Joel had to like, 
kind of put the fact that Chad is a guy that he's watched in the pro class, right? Like, yeah. you know, he had to, he had to go through that too. And that's kind of where you're at, where you're, you know, you're, you're, you've watched these guys, you've idolized these guys, you've looked up to these guys, but then eventually it's, Hey, I'm, I'm getting pretty darn close to their level to where I can still look up to them. I can still want yeah. to emulate them. They're still two of the greatest ever. Um, but you still, you know, they're, they're competition now too. Well, you know, what's funny, dude, is like, this is kind of, kind of funny. I, I mean, I've, I've hung around both of them a lot, or not a lot, but I mean, yeah, you know, I've been around them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been around a lot of people and I'm like, I kind of see weaknesses in programs. If that, maybe this is kind of bad to say, but I, I feel like I can pick up on areas where there's some, some areas where like, you know, maybe it's something to do with, uh, training or something to do with other stuff but there's weak there's gaps in the sport that I see that I think I can fill and that's what's like promising for me because um yeah I I think I'm progressing Mm -hmm. I mean unless my progress completely stagnates I think in the future that there's gaps in this in the sport that I can fill I don't know it's hard to explain but I no, wish I, I could get it. explain it. It's kind of like rude to say, I guess, you know what I no, mean? No, but, no, but I do get what you're saying because you're saying that you can almost take some things like from your program and you've obviously emulated yeah. stuff from those guys. And yeah. you're thinking that you can almost progress this thing, this sport, basically the top level of the sport to another level. And that's inevitably what happens with sports and, and our sport included is, you know, Ricky Carmichael back in the day took the sport to another level because he took training to another level. And there's been, you know, the guys since then that have, you know, the Alden Baker program on the dirt bike side has just elevated a little more and a little more and a little more as they refined. And that's exactly what you're talking about right now. So it's not disrespectful. It's just the natural evolution of the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had a conversation today with uh, actually it was Tyler Lombardo. We were talking about film, right? Like okay. sport film. He plays basketball, and we were kind of talking about it. And that's kind of an area I'm talking about. Like, yeah, we we all watch film and stuff, but I'll watch film, dude. I'll watch film. I'm talking multiple hours per day, and I don't skip days. Like, like I do stuff to where I know that there's there's uh people aren't doing and it's not even days at the track and stuff everyone does their motos and everyone trains hard and all that but I do think that I I just have like a little bit more passion than some so Mm -hmm. I think that one day maybe we'll show you know well we'll do it I mean um we've talked ourselves blue in the face on this topic but you willed yourself here so I think that I truly believe that that is some of what makes you as good as you are because this was never promised for you. You know, it would have been a whole lot easier for this not to come together. Like, yeah. like you, you scratched and clawed and fought your way to where you are today because people love you as a person and you're a great rider and you never quit. And people saw that in you. And it's funny you say that about film because your mom was just telling me after, after Brooke and I walked away from you in the, in the team on Saturday, uh, your mom, your mom and I talked, chatted for a little bit and she was talking about the same thing, talking about how bad you want it. And, and you watching film and she's like, you know, Brandon just sits and watches these videos and you'll watch it again and say, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And, um, and I, and I know that because I witnessed you even at a younger, you know, level at a younger, you doing the same thing. And I know you just want it so bad. You love it so much. And, and I think that that's why so many people cheer for you is because, you know, like, 
we all want our favorite athletes to love the sport like we do. And, and that's you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's well, I appreciate all those com- that compliment, but I, yeah, it's like now it's getting to the point of really little stuff. Like I can watch, I can watch someone ride and like, I can tell if they tow a rear brake right here on this turn to get traction. It's like the, it's stuff that no one really knows, but yeah. I, I, I know technique's super good. Mm-hmm. I can watch anyone ride and listen and see what they're doing. Sure. And like, uh, I used to, even two years ago, I used to not be able to do that. And now sure. it's like, okay, you know, they hit this turn and they, their focus was more of driving this turn, using the clutch here, like a lot of clutches on exits of turns and stuff. There's just like, there, there's a lot, but it's freaking, it just feels sick for oh, sure. That's, that's amazing to get to yeah. the level. That's, that's amazing. I can't wait to hear more of, I need to pick up on more of that from you. Brandon. Yeah, dude. I Like I could talk all day, you know yeah. me, but I, it's just, I know it's kind of off topic, but it was something I really did want to say. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just, dude, it's so fascinating to me. It really is. It's like, it's like watching golf. Like, you know how much technique is in golf and stuff. And yeah, it's kind of the same concept. Like I can watch amateur riders. I can watch a C-class guy do a turn or something. And I can tell right away, like the things that he needs to try to do different or on hole shots. Right. Like I can tell you right away, every person on the gate, I could tell you how to do a start like a hundred times better. And, and because I was terrible at starts, like I had to learn, I had to go through the process of what to do and all this and that, you know? Well, you've obsessed over this as, as to how you've gotten to where you are yeah. now, which, which may, I mean, I'm a total believer in everything you're saying right now, because again, I've watched you analyze and analyze and, and do your homework and, you know, obsess over this stuff. So uh, it's awesome to hear. Um, okay. So one thing I want to touch on before we get out of here is you mm-hmm. literally came uh, a corner away from winning Ironman. This is the beginning of this back-to-back stretch that uh, that podium stretch that you put together. Um, so that was near nearly two wins uh, for you now that have kind of slipped away or however you want to put it. Um, take me through a little bit like that crazy moto in the couple of minutes that we have left here and mm-hmm. that crazy moto at the moto two there at Crawfordsville. And then the craziness at the end of that thing, like, give me, give me a little, little synopsis and a little look into how that was for you. Yeah. So dude, I came out like last, and I came to the finish line and everyone was like parked there almost like Joel and Chad were for sure. Yeah. I'm like, what are we red flagging this thing or what's going on? And then I kept going. There was no red flag or nothing. So I'm like, I'm going to keep riding. I think I'm like going to win this thing now. And then, yeah, I just did laps. And then my, I was in the, like reading the mechanics area, what they were telling me to do. And they just said, just go super slow. Don't suck water and finish. And I could win. And then like towards the end, all of a sudden, they were telling me you have to beat Chad to win. Right. So like two turns later, I blow a berm, dude. I literally blow a berm. Cause I started to think about, wow, I need to beat Chad. Chad passes me. Like Chad looks at me like, dude, we roost each other and everything. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm not losing this right now. <laughs> well, so I started bombing these water puddles and stuff. And we get down to this huge water spot. Did you did you starts, did you hear Chad talk about this? Because he goes, Brandon oh. flew by me. He said, oh. I don't know, I don't know how he did it, but he bonsaied past me. Dude, I hit this water puddle wide open, Cody. I swear. <laughs> like Chad came in slow, and all I was thinking about was first overall win. I don't care. Yeah, dude, got wide do it. open. And my quad, like I know my quad sucked some water right there because it started to cut out. Okay. And then I look back, and he pretty much like 
let me go at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out, dude, I don't even think I needed to do all that because we, like, looked at the laps. I'm pretty sure I had a lap on him, I think. But anyway, yeah, so that was what I was told to do. I did that, and then Chad kind of kind of just let me have it. And all of a sudden, I didn't bomb anything, right? I had a comp- – all I had was one lap, dude. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even jump nothing. Yeah. And my, my left wheel starts to freaking move. And all I'm thinking about is like, oh, my gosh, these guys forgot to tighten the lug nuts. Because we did – we put on small tires, right, at the mm-hmm. hole shot, at yep. the gate. Yep. I'm like – I'm thinking, oh, man. And the wheel kept moving more and more and more. And then I'm like three turns ago, right? And I just start like agging it. I'm trying to like wheelie on one tire to keep the, the, the tire light. Mm-hmm. And then I made a left-hand turn, the very last section of the track. All I had to do was finish, dude, for an overall. And my freaking ball joint just not, it wasn't good. So I said no. And then I went over the bars and like face planted my bumper, which that's how I had my, my teeth problem. But yeah, just I couldn't really believe what happened. It was crazy. Obviously, we didn't like I didn't know from the tower everything that went into like everything that was going on behind the scenes. I mean, I knew you were in the mix for this overall, but I didn't know you had it when when all this drama goes down, you know, with a with the finish line in sight. Like, how do you I mean, how does that happen? But, uh, you know, maybe it wasn't necessarily ideal. Like like obviously that wasn't the ideal way for that part to go. Um, But I know how bad you want it. So maybe, you know, the back to back podiums makes it a little bit worth it. Right. Like uh, there was tougher stretches earlier in the season where I know you weren't happy so um maybe the the tooth or whatever was just a a small price to pay um but it sure you know it does have you obviously these back-to-back podiums has you in a in a great position in the standings now tied for third i'm assuming top three is the goal at this point and you know i have to think that you're stoked you know there's four races left and and the goal everything is right in front of you still yeah yeah i mean even if i suck the rest of this year i'm actually happy with what i was able to do this year I did feel I made progress. I'm starting good. My program's even better. My suspension's better. All that stuff's better. I feel like I had two wins this year. I mean, even if one was a mutter and one was Daytona, I don't really care. I did feel like I had that. And then the two podiums in a row is the first for me. And my goals are um, I definitely really enjoy being in a points battle for sure. And then by the end of the year, I would really like to – at least one moto, man, mix it up up front. Like, I know they're in a battle or themselves or whatever, but by the end of this year, man, I really want to just one moto, just all out everything I got, act like I, I can't race ever again and just see if I can, uh, yeah, see if I can be up there with them by the end of the year. Dude, you're trending in that direction, and that team seems so solid. I just, it's, it's awesome. Even just feeling the vibes around there a little bit, it just seems like it's been a team that's been established for a long, long time. Even though this is a new effort, uh, Briarcliff is next. Um, I think that that's a track that has like Brandon Hogue written all over it. I think that those types of hard pack tracks are a strength for you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Briarcliff heading into there? Yep, my thoughts are um, okay there. I, I rode good there last year. I think I could have done pretty good. Um, so I'm heading in there pretty level-headed. Um, and then just uh, focusing on starts for sure because that track's pretty hard to pass. Like when we're all – if we're all fairly close in speed, it, it's kind of hard to pass. But, I mean, yeah, I feel pretty okay there. I think 
I think we should have some pretty good racing. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, pal, I told you on Saturday, I'm so proud of you. We're always pulling for you. I enjoy these talks so much every time that we get a chance to chat. So I can't thank you enough for taking a little time tonight for us here for the show. And uh, pal, just so happy to, to see you killing it like you are, man. Just to think of uh, the little guy that used to hang out here with me, man, to see you where you are now. Man, it almost brings tears to my eyes again, just because just because you're exactly where you dreamt of being back then. And that's just such an awesome thing. Dude, just real quick, like, do you remember us waking up at the gym or going to the gym at like 5, 6 a.m.? Mm-hmm. We'd like make shakes and like yeah. we would, you know what I mean? Like, dude, it, I remember all that stuff. Trust me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it was also a really good point in my life to where I took all that in. Yeah, dude, it's just cool. Like, no matter what, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll always remember that type of stuff. I mean, we'd shoot basketball hoops super competitively. Like, all I wanted to do was follow you around, dude. I wanted to, like, see what you were doing, working on quads. And, yeah, it was freaking cool. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how things change because I remember you and I coming back from a riding school, I think, that that we taught from at somewhere. I don't know where. And, uh, and you, we stopped at a gas station or something, and I was – chatting with like the the gas station tenant or the i don't know fast food tenant or something and you said to me how do you always know what to say and, <laughs> yeah. and it's and it's kind of funny because that's what i do now i talk brandon that's what i do yeah it is funny well <laughs> uh, well well again pal congrats on everything and uh stoked to see all your success i i, I cheer for you like a brother and uh man i i can't wait to see you continue this thing it's awesome Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. All right, pal. Well, maybe we'll see you at Briarcliff. Yep. We'll. Oh, I hope so. Are you going or do you don't know yet? Uh, we'll see. Might have we'll something see. in the works. Perfect. <laughs> All right, pal. Thanks again. And uh, we'll see you again soon, okay? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Did you go to only Ironman in uh, the last race? Yeah. Dude, maybe you're the good luck charm. You need to go to Briarcliff. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're yeah. Right. All right. Maybe, All right. you know what I mean? Maybe you're the, the good luck. All right. All right. Sounds good. That's what I'll do. All right. All right, thanks. Thanks, pal. That's Brandon Hogue right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by Blenzall. See you, pal. See ya. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goebel, and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. 
What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Rastrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen. Plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryce O'Neill, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP Brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills, or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook. And if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes and have a great year, everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to factory43atv.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. All right, guys, back here with Ian Harris and Casey Greek on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. We just heard from Brandon Hogue there. And, and like I said to him, uh, I think it was the most impressive day of his professional career, Casey. I think that he was, uh, like I chatted with, with Ian earlier, I think that he just looked in control all day. Uh, impressive day for him. Uh, did it look like uh, different Brandon Hogue, Casey, than we've been seeing? It, like I said, uh, I think it might have been the most impressive day of his career. Yeah, I mean, very consistent, obviously. Um, he was third in qualifying, third in both motos. Uh, he looked great. But Brent, Brandon always looks good. I mean, I, I've never watched Brandon go around the track and be like, man, he looks terrible. Like, he looks great. He he put himself in the right position. 
and he had quiet rides. And sometimes, you know, I'm glad he's getting, you know, the press that, you know, we're going to give him off the show because sometimes those quiet rides like that kind of get swept under the rug. But no, it was very impressive. Great riding. Um, yeah. I mean, it could arguably be one of the best days of his career so far. And I think that's a good day. And I'm sure Brandon being the humble, hard on himself way he is, he probably wasn't that happy with, it. you know, so. <laughs> Hey, um, hey, this is the this is the happiest I think we've heard from him because typically he's always shooting for higher. But again, I think he was happy because <laughs> I think he was happy because again, he like he was in control of that spot all day. It was never really in doubt. Qualifying, he was head and shoulders, you know, the third guy. And then both motors, he was the same. And he came away with a whole shot. So um, I think that that was just impressive for him. And like Michael Bird jokingly said uh, near the podium after that second moto, he referred to him as Thomas Brown, you know, that he was kind of the third guy all day. He was the clear-cut podium guy and seemed kind of fitting after the day that we saw from him. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, good day for him and, you know, their whole program and the team over there. So hats off to those guys for putting in a solid effort. Yeah, I think that we're just continuing to see him, you know, happy with where he's at and comfortable with the the whole program there, like we've speculated about at the beginning of the year. So um, we've obviously seen him take that step on the racetrack. So that's awesome to see. Uh, behind the top three, Jeffrey Rustrelli, Nick Janusa, Max Lindquist, and Bryce Ford were duking it out for fourth in this one. And then we lost Bryce Ford. I think he crashed. Uh, was it after the finish line jump? I think he crashed after the finish line jump. Um, did, did anybody see that? Either of you see that there? We, I think we all seen it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, missed, I missed it. I missed it. So Yeah. It was ugly. Uh, he overjumped the double into the corner, landed in the bottom, like on the brakes, and it just, like, it pitched him funny, and then he was up over the front of the bike already, and it just kind of flopped him. And his leg was pretty tied up in the bike, and that was I was more nervous about that than anything. I was like, oh crap. Like he was he was wrapped up with the bike all the way to the ground and he was pretty slow to get up. And I I think it was just kind of the the end of the day for him right there. He probably just sort of mentally checked out after that. Uh, in in a lot of pain. I mean, I, I've seen him this week and he got some road rash on him. A pretty good some pretty good licks on his legs and stuff. So um just a bummer. You know, honestly, he's been riding so well and just, you know, to have a bad moto like that, I know, I know how hard he is on himself too. And I, I hate it for him. Yeah. And it came late in the moto. So when that, when something like that happens, you know, with two or three laps to go uh, on, a, on a tough demanding racetrack, uh, just hard to get going. So he, he tried, um, but was going to have to kind of just limp this thing home to the finish line in this one. So uh, Nick Janusa would ultimately move up into fourth and, and would never look back. So shout out to Nick for the best day of his season. Uh, he ends up fourth overall, six, four moto finishes. I don't know if you kept tabs on him at all, Ian, but man, like we're it, seeing, we're seeing Janusa to kind of turn a corner here. Yeah, for sure. I, when I seen him coming up, even behind Bryce, shortly after that after Bryce's crash I was I was impressed definitely and yeah. you know normally once Nick he just seems like he's had a tough time getting up there and and I was really impressed to see him put the moves on and get up there for sure he looked really good it just seems like all day like I I mean he was fast and qualifying lost him a little bit in the first moto he finished sixth um but then in that second moto man he was you couldn't miss him. He was up in the mix there. And, and that was awesome to see. I don't know, Casey, were, were you uh, trying to hop in there? Sounded like maybe you had something to say. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely like the front Nick. I, he was awesome all day. I think um, he definitely got a good start in the second moto or a better start. Uh, good start for him. And yeah. his riding was incredible. I was really stoked on how Nick rode. And, you know, that track, <clears throat> excuse me, that track suits him really well. Um, it's similar to his, you know, also. And I think he does. I, I've seen him have incredible rides on the hard pack stuff, too. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick is always a great rider, but it was it was good, I think, for his heart and his head to have a ride like he did, especially that second moto. Yeah, I think it bodes well going forward, too, because he had this really good race. He finished his fourth overall, and now we're going to Briarcliff, a place where he ended the season last year on the podium. So, you know, I think that he's probably got a lot of good vibes going on. Um, like I said, coming away from this one, heading into Briarcliff, so that's awesome to see. Again, said this on a few episodes now, but when he joined us a couple of weeks ago, it was just an awesome conversation. I don't, I don't know how you couldn't pull for that guy. So I think just about all of us are. So uh, moving down the list here, Max Linquist, uh, he would end up getting Jeffrey on the last lap, which would cost Jeffrey fourth overall. So he ended up fifth overall. And, and after the dust settled, Hogue, uh, Brandon Hogue, Bryce Ford are now tied for third in the series point standings with four races to go. And Jeffrey Rastrelli is only three points back. So a uh, good solid day for Jeffrey. And man, this is going to be so fun to watch uh, down the stretch here. I think very similar to last year, we had a, you know, kind of a gnarly, you know, battle going on for that top three spot. And that top three is so coveted by so many of these guys. It's going to be awesome to see this battle down the stretch. Ian, I'm sure um, this is going to be something that we're all zoned in on going forward. It's going to be fun to see who takes it. Yeah, for sure. It's nail biter. It's, you know, all these guys, they all want it equally as bad as each other and, and they're going to do what they can do to, to be up there for sure. It's, it's exciting. Definitely. And, you know, you watch back there in that, anywhere from third to sixth, seventh place in, in any of these races. And it's all these guys that are just grinding it out, trying to get up there. I mean, they all want it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Spoiler to those guys, though, going forward, uh, very similar to last year, at least that's the way he hopes it goes down, is Max Linquist. So he ended up sixth overall at Sunset Ridge. He had that little get off. His day would have looked a little different if not for that. Um, it would have been a 5 5 day probably without that. But it feels like a breakout ride or a breakthrough ride, at least this season, could be coming. And, you know, again, this part of the season last year is when he put it all together and got those three podiums, Casey. So, uh, Max. Max Linquist is going to be a guy to watch. I had him on my fantasy team at Sunset Ridge. Felt like uh, he was going to maybe get it done there because I remember him being fast there last year. It's a home race for him too, just like so many of us here in the Midwest. Um, but I think that you know maybe he's maybe it'll come at Briarcliff. He needs a little revenge from last year when he when he uh, got hurt in qualifying there. So uh, maybe we'll see something from Max Linquist. But it just seems like one of these weekends he's going to put it all together, Casey. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean. He had a stellar Daytona, and it looked like, a, you know, it was going to be real status quo of where he was last year, mm-hmm. um, right off the bat. He just had some, like, crazy luck, you know, more or less than anything. I mean, getting stuck in Georgia and just just weird, odd things have kind of happened to Max this year, and it's unfortunate. But, yeah, we can definitely see, and I and I could see him having, you know, some awesome rides and, and being a little bit more in the mix. And really the last couple of races he has been, and I think that's what we expect from him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're exactly right. He was fast and in the mix at Sunset Ridge. Um, again, day would have looked a little different. 5-5 five, five is a great day. So day looks a little different if not for that get off. So sixth overall for him. Seventh overall was Logan Stanfield. Uh, maybe the most impressive ride, or at least one of the guys that stood out to me the very most on Saturday was Logan Stanfield. So let's chat with Logan, but two stellar weekends in a row for him. All right, guys, our final guest tonight is a guy I absolutely adore. He could have fooled me as a veteran from day one of his professional career he's a pros pro he's a grinder and i can't wait to chat with him a little bit here brought to you by walsh racecraft the best products for your atv bringing out the best rider in you from aftermarket frames subframes a-arms swing arms and linkages to fuel tanks engine parts and all kinds of accessories to enhance your machine and better your ride walsh does it all so head over to walshrc.com today coming off back-to-back solid finishes say hello to mr logan stanfield what's up buddy welcome back to the show it's been a minute yeah, it has been a minute. I think um, we were on last year, early in the year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people out there to talk to. So Yeah, yeah I was actually just telling you, I kind of wanted to talk to you after Ironman because obviously, you know, you were up front, the cool cold stuff, you know, just a home being a home race for you. Uh, there was so many reasons I wanted to talk to you from Ironman and then uh, talking to Nick and all the, all the drama and all the stuff that went on. I think our show was four hours and 19 minutes last week. So um, we kind of ran out of time. So this worked out great going into the weekend. I told you on Saturday, going into the weekend, I already wanted to talk to you. And, uh, and then, you know, you come out this weekend and you absolutely slay it. So uh, stoked to have you on the show here. I'm a little bummed though, pal. I'm a little bummed because your dad said that on Saturday, I just missed out on you celebrating buying ice cream for people. So I'm a little bit bummed on that, but, uh, but yeah, man, what a ride for you this weekend. What clicked because you had another gear on Saturday that, you know, I don't know that we've necessarily seen so far this year. So what, what clicked on Saturday at Sunset Ridge? You know, honestly, I don't, I don't really know. Um, we were going in there in the past years. Um, I have honestly had nothing but bad luck. Um, two years ago, I blew up both motos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the year after that, we're going there and our rig broke down. Um, the rear end went out of it. We got pulled into the track. I remember our, all that. Our grill caught on fire. <laughs> and I blew, I think I made the, I finished the race, but I believe I blew a motor. Um, I had a hole in the piston at the end of the race. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. You limping at home late, right? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so this year, um, I was really just, I just wanted to, I really wasn't worried about how I was going to finish. I just wanted to finish with no problems. And so we go up for our first qualifier and I told Tim, my bike was idling funny and it was just like, it would sit there and it would have a miss Okay. And I told, and I just like, from right then, I honestly had like, I just wasn't sure. And then it's funny how those little things like that mess with your mind too, you know? Yeah. I was just like, Oh my gosh. And <laughs> Here we go so again. Takes off for qualifying and I'm sitting on the line. My bike won't start. And I was just like, well, here it goes. And it, he messed with my wiring harness and it started right up and ran fine the whole qualifier. And we got back and it had just a little wire rubbed and it was grounding out. And so we put a new harness on and from there on out, um, I just didn't, I honestly didn't even think about it. Um, Casey was working with me and I was there um, the week after Ironman practicing, working on my shocks. 
and just trying to get a feel for the track and which is probably one of my more favorite tracks i i like the rough tracks mm-hmm. and my bike was really dialed in that day and i just i just really felt good honestly and then and then after that logan you know when you kind of look to the motos like i feel like you were able to get some pretty decent starts at least mid pack right so that gives your gives yourself a fighting chance that gives yourself a, an advantage over some of the guys that you're racing against and then what stood out to me is it seemed like all day it was almost like you were riding by yourself you know we we know that you know you were you're battling with Bryce early i think that was the first moto like old times right but um those good starts were key and then like i said you were almost riding by yourself it was like you left the guys that you typically end up battling with the the all risk Cody Fords, the Deckers. It was like you were just checked out by yourself, kind of in no man's land, which is awesome. Like that's why it stood out to me because I'm like, man, look at Logan out there, just killing it all by himself, just pounding laps. And yeah, yeah, man, it just ended up being an awesome day for you. It just looked like you were totally in the flow. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I think uh, first moto, um, actually coming off the gate, I got pinched right off the start, and then I hit my brakes and I think I was last coming into the turn but everybody you know everybody pushes so wide I Mm -hmm. I jumped in um I think next to Janusa and I just squeezed my way in there somehow and then um I think I was behind uh Max and I just tried to latch on with Max and I was just following him I mean I was bumper to bumper with him for uh two laps or so and then we got and then Bryce was behind me at that point and we caught Wesley. And I think for like two or three laps, we were all back and forth and we had a pretty good pace going and um, they got away from me and I settled in right there. And which isn't, which isn't always a good thing. Um, I'd like to be able to keep that pace. So that's what I'm working on right now is, having the endurance to keep that pace but like you said I was out there by myself I mean I was by my lonesome and which was nice for the second moto because I was relaxed almost the whole first moto it was just like um like another training day like I don't my pace I don't push myself for some reason when I practice like that like on the edge Mm -hmm. like um, I've got hurt doing that so I I, I do it sometimes, but it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, it's hard when you're riding by yourself, you know? I, I totally get it. I totally get it. I just thought, you know, from, it had to be cool for you. Cause like, you know, it, it feels like, like things obviously haven't went ideal for you so far this season. You've dealt with some stuff, some, some hurdles and whatever, but then in that, in that first moto, and I commented on the fact that, you know, I think it was for fifth and sixth or, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever the positions were at that time, but you guys were duking it out. And, and for you to be in that group with, with Linquist and with Bryce and with Wesley, I mean, guys like that, like, those aren't guys that you've necessarily been battling with so far this year. Right. So like it's baby steps. Now you did it at this race and now maybe the next one is when you, when you're able to latch on with those guys for the whole moto and dice it up with those guys, the whole moto, right? Like at least that's the way it looks like for me, you know, it's baby steps. And, and obviously Walnut was a huge step in the right direction is what it felt like. Yeah. Um, that's my goal is I want to be up there with those guys. And mm-hmm. it's honestly kind of been frustrating this year. Like, I felt like I should have been there. Like yeah. at the beginning of the year, I felt like um, I was pretty fast and my endurance was good. And then we go to Daytona and it rains like it did. And 
we get into the moto and it's track around the whole track and yep. you know made i think two or three passes and that that they were really hairy passes like i was coming in the turn and i was like i'm gonna wreck or make this pass and that's what you I had to, that's what you had to do there yep and then texas um we go to there and um i was feeling really good and me and Decker got tangled up and my ECU got smashed on my bike. I know. I remember because you were on my fantasy team. Damn it. And I couldn't finish that. So I got a DNF there. And then the next one was a, a mud race and I got stuck and I had to get myself out. And the second moto, I spun out on the start because you couldn't see nothing. And then mm-hmm. so luck really hasn't been going towards my way and it's really been frustrating and Maybe it's a good thing because I've been pushing myself more and more and yeah. trying to new. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's four races left and you've had, and we'll get into Ironman because you've had two good races in a row now, but there's four races left. And if you end this season, kind of the way you're trending right now, you're never even going to remember those first five races or whatever it is. So uh, at least that is the way it looks from my perspective. And, and, you know, I know that the goal obviously is to match that top five from 2020 at Lake Sugar Tree. That's a ride that, you know, stands out so vividly in my mind so often when I think about you. And um, honestly, like it, 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 even for me, for me at least, but for you too, it's got to seem like that's, you know, becoming more and more realistic again after rides like you've had the last two weeks. I mean, you were in position at Ironman um, and, and, you know, this weekend too is a building block. I mean, top five just seems like it's just, everything clicking on the same weekend, everything coming together, but it seems like it's right there now. Yeah. Um, we've been pushing for it. I mean, even since then we were one of some top fives and mm-hmm. like that day at Lake Sugar Tree, everything just clicked. I got a good start and I think that's the key. Yeah. Um, so trying to work on my starts and I used to kill the starts on my uh, hybrid and my Hondas and then the Yamaha, I'm just trying to figure out. Um, so we're going to, work on that for sure and try to try to get another one of those yeah well the thing about lake circuitry that's what i remember about that day is you put yourself in such great position that again it was kind of like a day like walnut where you know you were just in you were it was like you were top five all day you know when you got such great starts you put yourself in such great position you ran with that front pack a little bit you gapped everybody else and then you just got to do your thing and that's why i think that one of these weekends is just going to come together um but, but yeah, it, it, like I said, it feels like it's just like, it's just at your fingertips right now. Yep. So hopefully we can put something together and pull one off before the end of the year. That would be awesome for me. And yeah. we're really shooting. I really want, I really want to pull a whole shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'll help tremendously. Just like getting some fresh air out in front. I think it'll be, I've never had that yet in the pro right. class. Right. And, just see what I can do from there. Yeah. What a game changer. That's the other thing I was going to comment on there is with whole shots, you know, you think about your hybrids and think about your Hondas. Well, when you're talking about that, you're talking about amateur classes, right? And now when you get to the pro class, I mean, everybody's so good at starts. Like, you know, you can come out 10th or, or 11th or 12th or whatever, whatever position you name in the pro class. And that's probably a whole shot in, in the amateur classes. Everybody yeah. at that level is just so good, right? Like until, until you experience it in the pro class, it's hard to see exactly how great everybody is at starts, but that's the reality of it. Yeah, it is. I mean, 
heck, when I was in B class, I think I ripped about, I mean, 90% of the whole shots and then A class and mm-hmm. pro sport and pro am. I think, I don't know if I came out of the whole shot being under the top three right. every, every, and now I get here and you don't, like you said, you don't know what you're going to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like I said, everybody's just so good. The class across the board is just so dang good. Um, okay. So you told me you were settling in back home in Indiana. You, you actually just got done cycling as, uh, as we record here. So um, maybe that's why we're seeing, you know, you kind of hit your stride because you're really like, you know, you've had back-to-back good weekends now, uh, seventh this past weekend, sixth overall in the craziness at Ironman. Tell me about that. Tell me about uh, about Ironman a little bit and, and you know, running second for, uh, you know, a good chunk of that race there, um, it, which is awesome, too, because it was on, you know, your native soil in Indiana, which is special. Uh, but tell me about that, that second moto at Ironman. You're running second. You ran second for a good portion of the race. And all of us, man, I'm like, man, Logan, Logan might put this thing on the box here. So, uh, tell me about that. That had to be pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, going down to the second moto, you know, um, it started downpouring and we're, you know, we're like, Oh, okay. You know, and then it stops. Okay. So we're like, Oh, we're good. You know, we're not gonna, we don't need mud prep. And I don't know if anybody really mud prepped. We saw, um, Baldwin doing, he was just taping the front of Bryce's bike up. I think he was just being, you know, precautious and he, uh, we went, we were going down to the gate and I don't, I don't believe I had my mud tires on and we get down there and everybody's just kind of looking at each other. Like, what are you guys doing? You know? And, um, so we're like, all right, well let's, you know, it's going to be slick because it's hard packed and it still looks like it might. That's that. And we talked about this on the last episode, not to interrupt, but but it looked like it was just going to be icy. That's what it looked like. It looked like it was yeah. going to be super slippery because it was, you know, a little bit wet on totally dry, slick track. But we were not thinking mutter at that point. No, I mean, you know, run the smalls and two yeah. or three laps, the track's going to be prime again. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ironman, the thing that was going through my head is we got these big jumps and I these with mud tires on now. <laughs> and... So we, uh, it looked like it was going to rain, and I just told Tim, and Tim told me, he goes, we should just put the mud tires on. So that's what we did. And, you know, we're watching everybody else, and everybody else is switching back and forth and back and forth. And we, we're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, um, I think with, like, two minutes before Harv starts us up, it just starts a downpour, like, the hardest rain I've been in for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. As hard as you can imagine, especially when you're sitting out in the open on the gate, you know, it feels, yeah. feels that much harder when there's no, when there's no reprieve or no shelter from it. Yeah. And it's raining. And I, I mean, I swear you see lightning strike mm-hmm. and I guess the thing was that the radios weren't working. Yep. And so Harv started us up. And luckily, I don't think it really lightening anymore. It so no, it didn't. And everybody says we shouldn't have ran, but honestly, I had a good finish, so I'm I'm glad <laughs> I did. Hey, hey, I I told these guys, I told Harv because Harv reached out to me, and he was wishing that we would have got him on the show to to talk about 
you know, to talk about the stuff that they were dealing with behind the scenes. Cause there was some stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, but, but I told him, I'm like, man, I don't think I would have traded it. You know, like it made yeah. a bunch of great stories for us and riders like you who had a good finish, yeah. uh, went to trade it anything, but, but man, it was, it was crazy. I think it was the craziest race I've ever, if I would have watched it, it would have been the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. Cause I got to race in it and, you know, I'm running or so we start and I didn't get a very good start and we go, we go a lap and people are just dropping like flies. So yes. I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to go slow. I don't have, I have an air box on, but I'm not really taped up or anything. So I'm cruising and yeah. that's the slowest second place I've ever been in. That's for sure. And it's crazy. I, and you're the first rider I've heard say that that realized that before something happened was, Hey, I'm just going to go slow. Cause Chad told us, he's like, you know, he inhales water on the first lap, his bike stops and he takes, you know, a lap or whatever to get, you know, back kind of circulating. And he said, okay, I'm just going to take my time. But you like realized it right away. And yes, there's pictures of you. You must've been, you must've been like 10 fish or, or outside the top 10, but yeah, people just started dropping so fast. And next thing you know, you're in, I mean, you come around third and then you're in second and you run second for like half of this race. Yeah. And th the funny thing is like, I mean, I am like second gear, not even on the gas, <laughs> just with clutch out cruising through the water. Cause it's mm -hmm. the water is like up to the bottom of your frame or higher. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's screaming at me like, go, go. And I'm like, no, like, this is as fast as I'm going to go right now. Yeah. No, I was watching, I was watching you after the, that finish line section, like where it was so deep kind of down towards the mechanics area before you go up around the tree and then to the real mechanics area. And yeah. uh, like next to the start there. And you were one of the guys that was tiptoeing through there. I'm like, man, like Logan has been playing his cards. Well, this whole race, like he might actually make it. And then it kills me. That's that ends up being where your bike ends up coming to a stop. Yeah. And, man, I don't know. Like, it was running good and all of a sudden it just, it just dies. And so when it dies, you know, I'm looking around and everybody is starting to get their bikes running again. Yeah. And I'm, there is no way there's no way that everybody has a soaked air filter and I don't know what the heck these are. And I see everybody flipping their bikes up. So I flip my bike up and, <laughs> and I was actually having problems with my starter on my bike. Okay. So I went over to Tim and he gave me a like a, a knife with a thing on the end and I was smacking my starter and starting it mm -hmm. and my button wouldn't work and then it wouldn't start and I was smacking it again and I just I uh, think she was oh my gosh yeah that was a killer but you know I always think like in situations like this even in a mud race like the feeling a person must get, you know, I mean, you're, you're second and Wesley's gone. So, I mean, you're, you're in podium position. You're clearly in podium position. Everybody knows you're in podium position. Everybody's cheering for you and pulling for you. And you're going, this is something we talked about on that last episode, but you're going like slow enough that you can hear the people on the side of the track. You can hear the people in the tower. You could almost yell back at them and they could hear you. Right. Yeah. So it was just, it was the wildest thing, Logan, you know, like I think, and I said this again on the last episode, but I think people in the tower originally thought it was going to get shut down, maybe even a lap into this thing, because it looked like for a second that nobody was even going to make it till the end. And, uh, and yeah, you end up making it long enough. You end up, 
you know, getting sixth overall. And, and I think it was sixth in the moto, sixth overall. And uh, yeah, man, like you said, it worked out great for you, but a heartbreaker that, that you couldn't have finished in second. Cause it's, seems like you were at least going to finish on the box there in that in that at least in that moto you were going to finish in podium position but uh yeah. it'll it'll be a memory dude that you never forget no and i think you know i was telling myself and tim just kept putting like you know like go slow you're in second and i was just thinking like dang there's freaking no way you know <laughs> wesley second right now because like until like the last two laps or three laps or whatever um, Wesley was in first, I was in second, and Denoble was still behind me. Yep, yep. And I didn't think there would be no way that uh, he would catch Wesley mm-hmm. with all the – like how deep the water was. Like you could only go so fast through there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those guys blowing through the water. Dude, was- he, was, he was going 40 seconds a lap faster than anybody. He had a five-minute lap time on the second or third lap. So – he was literally going, and that's why Denoble was so far from our radar is because he was so far back, nobody realized, and you couldn't make sense of e-score, and everybody was so spread out on the racetrack that it was hard to tell what was actually going on because at one point I questioned if Denoble was even on the lead lap. And, uh, and yeah, he's, he's 40 seconds a lap faster than anybody, and on the last lap, man, he gets it done and kind of feel bad for Wesley, you know, because he was yeah. obviously he was obviously limping at home thinking he's just going to win this thing. There's no threat. And can you imagine getting passed on the last lap and, you know, you thinking you want, I mean, there's a montage of Ken taking pictures of Wesley crossing the finish line. Uh, little did everybody know at that time that DeNoble actually won like five seconds earlier. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy too. And, and even the flagger, even everybody on the radio in the, in the tower, everybody thought Wesley won. I mean, they, they gave Nick the white flag twice because they thought Wesley was the winner. So uh, just, just unreal how that works. So the other thing that was cool about um, the Ironman race for you is that Colts kit, the Colts kit looked so sick, the Colts helmet, the Colts on the side of the quad. I know you got, and I posted about this, that you have some uh, personal ties. The family does to the Colts. Uh, so that had to be pretty cool for you. Cause it's even a little bit more meaningful for you to run Colts stuff than it is. You know, if I ran Packer stuff, like I don't, other than being a fan, like I have no connection to the Packers um but you guys have a little more connection to the Colts so that was pretty special too yeah I saw some guys doing that they were doing some things uh, like the Phoenix team and the Ford brothers they were doing some stuff like that and I thought you know I mean we're big Colts fans and my sister was a cheerleader there and um she actually got to do it when they won the Super Bowl so she got a a Super Bowl ring which was pretty awesome yeah and so I thought that would be cool um to do that and we are going to do some other themes this year i'm still thinking on them um but yeah it was pretty cool and then ssi um killed it with my graphics and uh payton he wrapped my helmet for me which i know was a pain in the butt because (laughs) a black helmet i often i often think about that that's going to be the hardest job to wrap a helmet like just in general yeah it's not like it's like a template like he takes straight car wrap oh really with and he just lays it you know stretches it and wraps the whole thing and it's got pain in the butt i can't imagine so that does make sense a little bit more sense now knowing that that's how he does it because i was i've often tried to think like man how do you make it 
all fit right without having creases all over and everything. But man, those guys, those guys kill it. The, the SSI decals guys, actually Ian joined us for this episode to, to break the racing down, but um, those guys are the best and their willingness, they'll drop anything to take care of us. They are the absolute best. So um, thanks to Ian. Thanks to SSI decals. Love that kit that you had. Can't wait to see, you know, what else you might have in store for us this season. Um, so sixth overall at Ironman, seventh overall at sunset, like we talked about, maybe a top five is next maybe it's trending that way uh how do you like Briarcliff? how do you feel about uh, about that track i know you've done some riding there in the past and stuff so uh tell me about that a little bit um i really like our, our Briarcliff. you know it's really fast paced um choppy um hopefully he'll dig it deep so it gets rough <laughs> but i did uh my the last year we were there or last year um i feel like i did all right for um what happened in the motos i i don't really remember the first moto um but i know the second one and last race of the year and mm-hmm. you know you gotta put it all out there it's the last race of the year um so we go in and i get in a pile up there was i don't know five or six of us in like the second turn and so i put my head down and i tried to make a move on cody and I stuck my front tire in there, and it, I don't know if it got wrapped around his back wheel, and it just tossed me right over. Broke my seat pens, so I took a seat, and... I remember I took, that. I remember the footage of you, like, tossing your seat off the track. Yeah, and everybody's like, why didn't you put your seat on, you know? Because, well, it wasn't going to stay on. My seat pens broke, and I feel like I rode really good for having no seat that moto. Mm-hmm. um standing up the whole time i i mean i almost caught back up to cody at towards the end of the race but it just i ran out of time and i was pretty beat okay yeah yeah it's just uh i love i love briarcliff and i love that the se- that the series is going there now i think that it's uh just a great place for for atvs obviously being owned by atv people is an awesome thing so uh you know i love that briarcliff is on the schedule hope that it's a long-standing event for this series um so the last thing i want to touch on uh fantasy stuff so atv fantasy digging deep atv max fantasy uh you are one of the most picked riders in the game every single week you have been since the the game was introduced um you're a staple of my team so often do do you get people like coming up to you and talking to you about fantasy and, and referencing you being on their fantasy team like is that a normal thing for you at this point um yeah you know people <laughs> talk to me about the fantasy you know like it's either oh man you did awesome on my fantasy or you really screwed my fantasy up that's, <laughs> that's it goes you know 50 50 um okay. so yeah well I, I just i think that's cool because uh i think that like that was such a natural way for people to watch everybody in the class you know like so i feel like it it draws more attention to i mean people pick you for their fantasy you know they're cheering on logan stanfield a little bit more than maybe they they would have before like i feel like even even me like we'd watch the the battle for the lead uh you know obviously with everybody does that but then like now i feel like i watch the battles within the pack more than the guys out front you know like i'm cheering for my guys i'm cheering for the stories that we know about i'm cheering for the guys that we know are trending in the right direction or whatever that you bet on that week so uh, i think that that's just an awesome thing so i wanted to touch on that like i said you're one of the most picked guys every single week and you have been since the the very beginning of the game you're a staple like last year it was like you you finished in the top 10 i believe at every single race like you're the you're like the safest bet 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. Um, but I think it is cool, you know. It gives, like, a, a whole overhead of the whole pro class. You know, you don't just see um, Joel, Chad, and them, you know. Because if you're not, like, big into it, you may not know um, one of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool because, you know, we we got some good battles. and Oh, hell yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, just a cool overview of everything. Yeah, the great racing going on. And, and again, that kind of – ties this whole thing up that's why i wanted to talk to you because two great weekends for you figured um i thought that they deserved to be showcased thought they deserved to be highlighted you killed it at sunset ridge and and you know the little bit muddy conditions at iron man so maybe that was you know that can be viewed one way but man you slayed it at at sunset ridge rode all by yourself absolutely killed it like i said it seems like your whole season is trending in the right direction here so i love seeing all your success pal you absolutely killed it like i said and um i think that you may have impressed me just as much as anybody or more than anybody on saturday so we needed to get you on so i just wanted to thank you so much for being a part of this coming on and joining us and i can't wait to see you know you get that top five it seems like it's right around the corner yeah i'm gonna be pushing for the top five um, but I enjoyed being on here. Um, it's always an honor to come on here and talk about my weekend and my past weeks and how my season's going. So it's nice to be able to update everybody on, um, everything that I've been doing. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, pal. Well, we, uh, we really enjoy having you, like I said, and wishing you all the best and, um, get that top five and let's do this again soon. Huh? Yeah. Well, we'll be shooting for it. Thanks so much, pal. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Thank you. That's Logan Stanfield right here on the Digging Deep ATMX podcast brought to you by Walsh Racecraft. See you, pal. See ya. Insurance. It's not something everyone likes to talk about, but let's face it. If you race motocross, it's something you should have. Integrative Financial Concepts is an independent financial service and insurance firm who offers moto-friendly insurance and helps out riders like Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Joel Hetrick gain confidence on the track. With their unique safe-to-race and safe-to-ride programs, if you qualify, they have the ability to offer life insurance with living benefits to those who ride. With these living benefits, you may have the ability to access a portion of your life insurance policy while you're still living for things like cancer, heart attack, stroke, or chronic illness. They can also help with many other things, such as home, auto, motorhome, and trailer insurance, as well as college planning, special needs planning, payroll processing, as well as group health benefits for your business. So whether something happens on or off the track, Integrated Financial Concepts has you covered. With their complimentary one-on-one appointments, what are you waiting for? Reach out to Mike Daniele at D-A-N-I-E-L-E underscore Michael at nlgroupmail.com today and see how Integrated Financial Concepts can help you. Living benefit riders are supplemental benefits that can be added to a life insurance policy and are not suitable unless you have the need for life insurance. Riders are optional and may require additional premium and may not be available in all states or on all products. This is not a solicitation for any specific insurance policy. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late-model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. 
With over 25 years of experience, the Concrete Division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. We recite on every Digging Deep episode that we are all about aligning with others who share our passion and love for ATVs. And that's exactly what Blenzall is. For more than 60 years, Blenzall Racing Oil has been the secret choice of many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From world championship kart racing in Europe, to California Speedway racing, or the mud and rocks of East Coast cross-country racing, thousands of hardcore racers know that nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzall. Even with Blenzall's wide reach into all forms of racing, Blenzall's lead man David Schloss admits that ATV riders are his people. In fact, he's been an ATV enthusiast since 1986 when he first threw a leg over a Suzuki Quad Sport 230. Fun fact, his passion for ATV racing even led him to launch a popular ATV racing magazine in the mid-2000s called ATV Insider. So Blenzall is a small family-owned business that blends and bottles all of its products in Ohio and has ATV roots? Sign us up. That's why Blenzall is the oil choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. To learn more about Blenzall's rich heritage or to shop Blenzall's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzall.com and follow them at Blenzall on Instagram. Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you need not worry about harming your engine or suffering a premature end to your ride no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and other power sports equipment, when conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track or trail. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save at EvansCoolant.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, back here one final time with Ian Harris and Casey Greek on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, uh, finishing up our coverage of Sunset Ridge. Logan Stanfield killed it. I know you love to see that, Casey. He's a guy that you've worked with for a long time, pulled for for a long time. And man, again, like he stood out to me all day, seventh overall. Uh, he Again, seems like he rode by himself all day long, but he just got over the hump, got a little bit better starts, whatever it was. And man, he looked like a different rider this weekend. Yeah, no, I think he was out for revenge. You know, I think it was the last three years. I'm sure he talked about it in your interview with him. But the last three years, he hasn't had any luck there. Just crazy things. And he rode awesome. I was really impressed. 
with him. And and it's something I tell Logan all the time. Like, if you continue to get good starts, you're going to continue to put yourself up there. Some weekends, he's off on the start, and he's he rode really good. I mean, I was talking with Bryce Ford, and he was commenting on how good Logan was riding when they were battling the first moto. He's like, man, he's like, Logan was giving me everything I could handle. Like, we were dicing it back and forth, and he's like, he wasn't giving me an inch, and I wasn't giving him it. Like, he's like, that was one of the funnest races and battles I've had all year. So, I mean, I think that speaks volumes for where Logan's at and what he's got going on right now. That's awesome. That's awesome to see because I think we sometimes forget, you know, these guys battled in pro-am. Like I thought the same thing as I was watching it go down. Logan was hanging with guys. He's not necessarily around or at least hasn't been around earlier this season. And uh, Ian, I want to talk about the kits. So we haven't touched on much of this yet. So uh, Phoenix has been doing some of the themed kits on Joel's bike this, bikes this year. Obviously, uh, you guys at SSI decals put those together. You put together a Colts kit for Logan at Ironman, which was the coolest thing. I just have to, I have to say, I absolutely love this stuff. Uh, you guys have been slaying it so uh, talk about you know is it how cool it's been uh, to put those kits together just do some different stuff again the Colts kit stood out to me some of the stuff you've had on Joel's bike so far has been awesome so I, I couldn't let you out of here without at least touching on that a little bit yeah for sure that's it's great to be able to do something different for these guys and and change it up, you know, like Phoenix does basically every weekend. And, you know, when they started out, uh, the Ford brothers did the, the different Texas themed ones and then moving in Logan doing the Colts one. And, you know, as, as the year moves on, I, I'm sure we'll do some different 4th of July stuff for the uh, Pleasure Valley race and, you know, some other ones that, that Phoenix has going on and, the deer one for Phoenix was a big hit for sure. Um, like you and I talked, it's, you know, the John Deere theme, people ask me, and and I'm sure they were asking Joel as well, you know, where did that come from? Why did you choose that? Blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, it all, David basically just, I think from the beginning of the season, when he decided he wanted to do a different theme every weekend was, was just set on doing a John Deere theme because it's, close to Moline, the headquarters of deer. And, you know, you and I talked before the race and, and a lot of people don't know the, the history of, of our company and, and the deer roots, I guess that we have. So it was really cool because being the, the screen printer that we are and, and producing the decals, the OEM decals for deer, you know, it really hit home for us and having all the the proper artwork. And I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, it, 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 it's home for us to, to make green and yellow, you know, that's, I feel like some days we bleed green and yellow here. And (laughs) it's, yeah, even though it could go green and yellow as a Packer fan, but but no, really it's, it is crazy. And, and it really, it turned out good. And, it's it's exciting it's just cool to to be able to do something different than than the same old graphics every weekend for people so yeah it's it's great definitely yeah, you know, the, the thing, and I, I think I said this to you in person, but the thing that's so cool for me is, or, or the thought that's cool for me is how cool it must be for you to see, you know, kind of the merging, at least for, for one weekend in time of, you know, ATVs, which is obviously a huge passion of yours. Um, and then, you know, the the John Deere thing, which is a huge part of the history of SSI decals and Signcraft screen printing. Uh, so that had to be, had to be kind of cool for you to just merge those for, for one weekend in time, one event, uh, again, 
I, as soon as I saw the John Deere theme, uh, I just, uh, I don't know, I knew exactly, you know, kind of the collaboration and how cool that must be for you. That's what stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And, and I'm glad David chose it, you know, to be yeah. able to, to do that theme per se. And, you know, he brought one of his employees from his construction side of his business and, and one of one of the other guys from their race shop and they were able to come here Thursday and get a tour of the facility and, you know, his employee restores tractors and all that. So that, you know, that's, it gives you the warm and fuzzies for sure to, to be yeah. able to, to show people that side of the business. Definitely. Hey, hey, and Joel, Joel was the right guy to be on the bike because, you know, we watched ripping up films, the ride and, and talking about, you know, joking about, you know, the tractor and plowing the track. Plowing, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the PTO is not hooked up or stop working. <laughs> right. right. I don't know. I just, I just thought it was awesome. I'm like, man, how do you not like Joel Hattrick and how is he not the perfect guy to be riding this thing? He's got his mullet flowing out the back. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was just, uh, it was just perfect. So um, awesome stuff. I, I think it's, it's gotta be awesome PR for you too. And I'm sure that that's not a necessarily a focal point of this whole thing for you. Uh, but just, you know, to see the different stuff that, that SSI decals is capable of the, the stuff that you're able to do. And again, it showcases just SSI decals in general, it just brings attention to SSI decals. And, and I mean, that's, that's an awesome thing too. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, from the beginning of the inception of this, I always said, I, I didn't want to be the guy that had graphic kits laying on the shelf and sold yeah. graphic kits like everyone else had and i wanted to be the guy that was selling unique one-off kits so that's yeah that's what's cool about it yeah yeah i love it and i love this i love this whole theme thing i kind of i kind of wait every weekend to see what the next one's going to be so um awesome stuff so uh moving on here kind of finishing up so solid eighth overall for wesley wolf and someone told me that that he's maybe got a, another surgery on the horizon possibly on that elbow Casey do you know anything about that like maybe we're we're losing Wesley Wolf is there any truth to that have you heard anything yeah I think uh Wesley told me this is the last one for the year yeah uh because he's gonna have another surgery and then he's gonna have to you know recover from that surgery so okay. yeah bummer to lose Wesley he's always a you know an awesome personality to have out there and obviously an awesome racer um, and he, he did tell me at one point, cause you know, he rode so well at Ironman, even before the mud and everything, he was riding really well. Yeah. And he, he seemed a bit off at sunset and he said his arm was bothering quite a bit. So, you know, I hope for a speedy recovery for him and, you know, he gets it fixed right. And it's, and it's right. You know, he's so young and has such a, you know, so much more life to live and, and to give. So, uh, I hope he gets recovered quick and I hope we get to see him back out there shortly. Oh yeah, me too. And, and I think that it goes without saying here, but if he's dealing with that arm and he's been riding as well as he's been riding and he kind of just threw himself back in there, you know, he didn't, wasn't there at the beginning of the season, didn't have all the, you know, preseason training like everybody else has. He just about won that moto at Ironman. So uh, not that we didn't know this, but Wesley Wolf is a badass. So credit to him for, for being out there and, and just having fun, putting his best foot forward. I think that that's, that's just an awesome thing. So uh, like you said, the, the races are better with Wesley Wolf on, on the racetrack. He's a wild card and, and a guy that's always going to dice it up. So just awesome to see him out there. And obviously, like you said, Casey, wishing him 
all the best with his recovery so he can get back out there and be right. So uh, moving on then. So the Ford boys, they end up ninth and 10th overall. Cody Ford and Bryce Ford, respectfully. Uh, Cody has been has been killing it. So I'm so proud of him. Uh, ninth is super solid for him. I, I think that that's uh, awesome. I mean, top 10s, we say it every week. Top 10s are gnarly in this class. So credit to him. And then Bryce ends up 10th overall after that crash, 515 out of the moto scores. Is he all good? I know we touched on that a little bit with Casey. Uh, is he all good health-wise, all good? We should be should be good to go with uh, with with Bryce Ford there for Briarcliff from uh, what we're hearing, guys. Yeah, he's he should be fine. I mean, I I know he's still a little bit sore. Um, I got to spend some time with him um, late this week. I think Ian hung out with him earlier this week, so um, okay. he's back to training and riding and doing what he's going to do. And I. I feel that he's really motivated for this next race. <laughs> I, I I like to hear that. And that comes as no surprise. And those two, both of those guys were fire at Briarcliff last year. They both brought it at Briarcliff last year. So uh, something big could be coming from those guys. I won't be surprised at all. Um, okay. So finishing up the class, then Patrick Trini, he ended up 11th overall, Michael Allred 12th, Zach Decker. He suffered crashes, same corner, both motos. Uh, so that kind of dampered his day there. Zach Decker, 13th overall, Vince Merman back on the Honda 14th overall and Cesar Jimenez rounds out the field in 15th. Um, do you have anything that stands out to you? Want to touch on anything with the rest of the field there? I'll, I'll toss it to you, Ian, first. Uh, anything you want to touch on with those last group of guys before we kind of move on from our pro class of, of racing here? I didn't see the, the crashes by Decker, but yeah, I, early on and, and, you know, he's had a decent start in that second moto. And I thought, you know, after his uh, last couple races, I thought he was going to be yeah. up there battling there, you know, for a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, that track was gnarly that it, was. it could claim anyone at any moment, I'm sure. And um, yeah, besides that, I mean, all those guys, you know, you see him battling there regardless in little groups or packs, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's, yeah. um, it's crazy just to, you know, you're just waiting for that moment for one guy to pass the other one, depending who's where. I mean, it's, it's always exciting. Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly right with Zach. I mean, his, his pick trend is huge and every weekend in fantasy. Um, so one of these, and, and it's no surprise, right? Like we know what yeah. he's capable of. You, you touched on it. The track was gnarly. Racing is gnarly. The class is gnarly. There's not a, a single, a single average Joe out there, right? Like they're all gnarly. Um, so Zach, one of these weekends is going to put it all together. I think we've been saying it every one of these weekends. So it's not going to be a surprise when it does happen. Um, so what about you, Casey? Do you have anything, any of these guys, anything that you want to touch on with the rest of the field here patrick torini 11th allred 12th decker 13th vince Merman 14th Jimenez 15th anything stand out to you there um i actually i think torini came around quite a bit i mean it's not his best finish of the year but i don't think he rides the whole lot um, okay, then Then finishing up here, Ian, it uh, looks like we've lost Casey for the time being, so we'll see if he comes uh, back in here to finish up with us. Um, but let's 
I know both you and I were gone on Sunday. So uh, hopefully Casey can come in here and help us with that. But uh, let's quickly uh, start kind of our, our, our Saturday coverage of the amateur races, at least, because we were both there for that. So uh, starting with WMX. So Andrea Berger passed youngster Kinsey Osborne for the win in Moto1, but the rookie put the burners on in Moto2. She checked out. So Kinsey extends her lead. She gets the win there. She extends her lead well, with a win there in WMX at Sunset Ridge. And now the series heads to her actual backyard there at Briarcliff. Her father and family obviously owns Briarcliff there. Um, so obviously things are turning in her favor. She's been impressive. She's won every other race so far this season, which has been impressive. Uh, and I wanted to get your opinion on what we've seen from her, Ian, because, you know, she's, uh, I think she's an SSI rider this year, right? And we've talked yep. uh, with Casey at length about Kinsey's performances so far, but I wanted to get your opinion too on how impressed you've been so far with this youngster, because man, like, I think we all expected some big things from Kinsey this year, but she keeps impressing me, you know, race after race here in, in 2022, her rookie WMX season. You would never believe that. Yeah, absolutely. And even from the first race down in Daytona, yeah. you know, I had texted Jeremy after that and, and just said, you know, how impressed I was with her coming out looking yeah. the way she did. I mean, you could tell that she was, she was riding with some fire under her to win for sure. And which, I mean, that is awesome that those girls, you know, it's kind of like the good old days back when Angela Moore raced when, mm-hmm. you know, Angela, though, Angela was, Moore, Angela Moore, Heather Bird, like that whole yeah. group, Michelle Riser, Natalie, like yep. that, was, that was kind of the trio right at one time. Yep. And, and we're kind of seeing that again. Yeah. Which is exciting for the women's class. I mean, it's, it is. it's one of those where it's, any weekend they could go either way with any of those top mm-hmm. girls, you know, and they have a, I mean, what was there 13, 14 girls, I think this weekend, I feel like. Yeah. The class the, size, right. The classes are big. I, I just love, and I know, you know, there's so many people that have been involved with the, the, you know, the growth and the promotion of the WMX class. I think that that's why I, pretty prideful about like our coverage of it and stuff. Obviously those girls deserve that. Those women deserve that, but like, you know, the racing has been awesome. The racing has been awesome. So like naturally, like it makes us want to talk about it, but yeah, like I, I I really thought that Andrea would get it done this weekend home race for her. Obviously we've been touching on that, you know, with, with other riders as well, but for Kinsey to come out and and put it on in that second moto, I just, man, she's just been impressive each and every weekend in, in that class is so fast because we saw Shaw too, like Shaw, she ends up third in this one, but she ran the fastest lap time of any of them all weekend. You know, like it's like you said, it's a toss up and just awesome to see, you know, I love the fact that yeah. I know I've said this on these shows before, but I love the fact that we're really um, glorifying or, or that's not even the right word because it's deserved. We're showcasing the women and it's like, you know, giving these younger girls something to really shoot for. And, and maybe that wasn't necessarily the case in years past. And I just, I absolutely love what the sport is doing for, for these women in these classes. It's really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is, it's great. Um, you know, having four daughters myself and, you know, none of, none of them actively race now, but mm-hmm. just to be able to, you know, for the girls to see, and, you know, it's, it's just a great thing all the way around for, for the sport. I mean, just the way they've done Jeremy and the other, you know, whether it's the dads or supporters of these women that have set up the autograph session and, 
you know, it's just, it's great to be able to showcase these women for sure. Uh, absolutely. I love it. I, we were, I was at, um, I was at Sunset Ridge a few years ago talking with uh, a family and I can't remember, I can't remember their name. Uh, the, the mom the, or the, the wife, the mom had raised ATVs back in the day. It sounded like the husband and the slash dad was like her mechanic. And now they have a daughter who's a really fast uh, dirt bike racer, two wheel racer. Wow. And, and they talked about how it's tough in the motorcycle side, because, you know, if you remember there was a WMX or whatever they called yeah. it back in the day for the dirt bikes and that doesn't exist anymore. So they really, you know, they have their couple big events. They have minios, they have Loretta's obviously they have, you know, stuff like that um, for the women, but they don't have that, that's that, you know, pro uh, you know, dirt bike women's class anymore. Right part of the series and that's a shame because it's like these girls grow up they're passionate about riding they live for it just like these little boys do all these things and then it's like their their pathway just runs out like the only thing you can do is is go race with the boys so the fact that that isn't the case in atv racing and, and we're again we're showcasing it more and more um i just think that that's a really important and special thing especially for the growth of these you know littler uh girls classes and the, and the women's classes going forward so that's awesome um the other Saturday only class is pro sport uh, where we saw Brett music grab his fourth win followed by Zach Kazmarek and, and Aaron Salinas there in pro sport. Uh, how impressive are these classes Ian? They're so fast. Uh, they're so deep. There's so many guys, there's qualifiers, which is so awesome to see so much young talent coming up. I, I feel like pro sport almost even more than pro am because maybe there's more riders in there. I think that uh, I think that Brett being in there and Zach too kind of you know adds obviously cloud look at they want one and two. Um, but pro sport is like might be my second favorite class to watch. So uh, as we have you in here, I wanted to at least touch on that. I know you watched some of these classes on Saturday and 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 again that's uh turned into a can't miss class. I think. Yeah, for sure. And I always get a chuckle, you know, Kazmir comes back and right. being a local even to this track. And he, did he may, did he pull the whole shot in his division? I, I think, think he, he may I have. He did. He and did, I just, because he, he chuckled, won, you know, he won his division. I think yep, and, that's right. And, and yeah, yeah, he's he. I, I believe he only has a Yamaha. He rides his <laughs> Yamaha a little bit. Um, he races Johnny's bike at these races. Yeah. It, it looks like the same old Zach Kazmarek, you know. It, yep. It's it's crazy. I love to see it. it. It's just awesome. And but any cool. of those guys, I mean, you know, Bonderville's in there. I mean, uh -huh. any of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's an you just enjoy watching those those races i mean because those guys are so dead serious and they yeah. each want to win and get up there as bad as each other you know it's well i think the cool part is that you got so many different guys in in different places you know like in different places in their career you know like last year when it, you know brett and i and zach were in there and in denoble was in there at red bud you know you got all kinds of past pros and then you got these young kids who are 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 so hungry and just getting started they're future pros and it's like you throw them all into the same class i, I just think that that's the coolest concept i, I love that yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was watching the the second motos of that on Saturday and standing right up in the top after the finish line near where Bryce had crashed, but the it would be the outside line there. In this class, I watched at least three guys come over there, take that outside, and they overjumped that that double there. And there was a gnarly kicker even on the outside. 
as well as obviously the inside where Bryce crashed. And I, I mean, I seen guys, in fact, Corey Edwards, someone said that he crashed maybe in the first moto, but in the second one, he was side saddling that thing. Both legs were off on the right side. And then after that, I seen two other guys come over there and legs were up almost scorpion over the handlebars, you know? I mean, they were just going for it and yeah, but it was crazy. It's, it's just awesome to see again, to have so much talent in one class. I feel like, you know, the future looks so good for the pro class because there's so many fast kids in, in these fast classes. And, you know, it's something that we talk about all the time. I feel like when we talk about like the, the younger up and coming kids, the 250 classes and whatever, but these 250 classes are so gnarly. It's grooming these guys to go like right to pro sport and, and they're competitive. And it's, yep. it's, it's truly awesome to see, like I said, it, it's going to bode well going forward uh, for the, the series, these classes. I think that we're going to see just, you know, more and more kids going to pro sport and going to pro-am right away and, and, and being really fast. So uh, Brett in that pro sport class is a 31 point lead at this point I don't think that anybody's going to catch Brett and I knew I knew it from the very beginning of the season with the starts he get with how crafty and great of a racer he's always been um he was going to be the guy to beat there and uh yeah I, I think that he's probably got that one in the bag but Ian I think that that's pretty much going to do it for us you know you and I like I said you and I were only there for Saturday so you know I think that that's going to pretty much wrap up our coverage I can't thank you enough for doing this this is uh so awesome to always have you on I think that you know you've worked with just about all of these guys you work with so many of them that i think it's awesome to get your insight and your perspective and yeah like i said you're close with these guys i think you bring so much to the show i can't thank you enough for all the support of of what we do here and and me myself personally and just all this stuff i mean i tell you all the time but i wouldn't be here and, and digging deep wouldn't be where it was without you so um overall can't thank you enough for all the support and can't thank you enough for for being here and being a part of this these are so much fun i know uh, i love when I'll, I'll get an email from you we're talking about proofs or decals or shirts or whatever and then you know we're talking about racing too so it just uh, feels sure. so natural to have you on here and, and talk about something that we're just both so passionate about yeah absolutely i appreciate the, the opportunity as well and you know it's just one of those things that it, it feels like you said feels natural and when you're passionate about it, it's it's great to be able to to talk about it and share it for sure. Yeah, well, that's what we wanted to to feel like as two guys, or, or or you and I, and and Casey when he was here, and the listener just sitting around, you know, BSing about ATV uh, racing. That should be how it feels. So I, I can't thank you enough that, for that. So um, are we going to like Joel's kit for for Briarcliff? You don't got to give us any spoilers, uh, but I'm assuming I'm assuming it's going to be cool. Are we going to be stoked about it? How how does it? Look? I mean, it's not i mean it's it's not like earth shattering okay. i mean it's cool but it's not earth shattering there there will be better ones i mean it's <laughs> okay yeah okay not not to try and you know spoil anything or mm -hmm. but there'll be better ones. Okay. Well, Ian, um, I can't thank you enough for, again, for doing this. I can't thank you enough for your time. This has been so awesome. Uh, any, any evening like this spent, uh, talking about ATV racing is, is one well spent. So I appreciate you being here and, and being a part of this episode. And, um, again, all the support of us, I just can't thank you enough for it, pal. For sure. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Ian. That's a wrap on our Sunset Ridge review episode with SSI decals, Ian Harris, and previously, uh, Impact Solutions, Casey Greek, brought to you by Manscaped and Rocky Mountain ATMC. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. All right. We never did get Casey back. He was driving, returning from a week of testing with the boys. 
I want to thank him for always making Digging Deep a priority and making time for us. That means the world to me. He brings so much to the show. But I do want to quickly hit on some of the amateur standouts, starting with Pro-Am, as Joseph Chambers grabbed his first win in Pro-Am, followed by Dane Molander and Aaron Salinas, again, just like Pro Sport. So Joe Chambers has been impressive all season long. Salinas has been rock solid as always. And shout out to Dane Molander for overcoming a horrendous crash on Saturday in Pro Sport to podium on Sunday. So that was impressive by Dane there in Pro-Am. Dane is the points leader in Pro-Am, plus seven over Salinas and plus 13 over Chambers. So this is going to be fun to watch down the stretch. Pro-Am is going to be one that you don't want to miss in these last four races of the season as they duke it out. These guys duke it out for the championship here in 2022. Other notables, J.J. Launderville won 450A and Production A. Peyton Lingle, who Logan Stanfield referenced for wrapping his helmet. Peyton works at SSI decals, of course. Finished second in both of those classes to J.J. Launderville. Shout out to Grant Olson for winning Production B. The youngster has grabbed a few wins in the B class so far this season. Jeff Robbins continues to dominate the vet classes. A couple more wins for him in Illinois. Natalie Jackson won women's 15+. Joey Norris grabbed two 250 wins. And Matt Greenwald claimed the other one. Damian Hubert grabbed two wins in the Super Mini and Schoolboy classes. And Logan Masway added a pair of wins in the 50 classes. Those are some of our amateur standouts. There was obviously plenty more, but glad to hit on at least some of them before we get out of here. Major thanks to all of tonight's awesome guests, Chad Weenan, Brandon Hogue, Logan Stanfield, Ian Harris, and Casey Greek. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to our partners, CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymower Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Integrated Financial Concepts and their Safe to Race and Safe to Ride Insurance Programs, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Blenzol Oil, the official oil choice of Digging Deep, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website, and be sure to click those Rocky Mountain ATVMC and Amazon banners for all your gear and parts needs, everyday needs, and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including our new Can't Win Tees, is all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. Give us a call using our voicemail line. Give us your reaction to the show, the races, and or everything in between. I would really like to get in the rhythm of getting some calls each week for us to react to. That would be great. So uh, we really like to play those on the show and react to what you have to say. The number is 920-569-3519. We want to hear from you, so give us a call. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content coverage and more fun stuff in the midst of this 2022 season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. 
All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Shout out to our three Digging Deep ATVMX fantasy winners from Sunset Ridge, Josh Gaynor, Jeremy Harris, and my mom, Lisa Jansen. Credit to those three for winning fantasy at Walnut. And those perfect fantasy teams of theirs that featured Weenan, Hogue, Stanfield, and Vince Merman, three of those riders were on our Sunset Ridge review show here, so that was pretty special. As for me, I'll just be over here sporting my I Can't Win Digging Deep ATVMX fantasy shirt, so don't mind me. Be a friend, tell a friend. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Chad Weenan, Brandon Hogue, Logan Stanfield, Ian Harris, Casey Greek, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to and making us the number one podcast in ATV racing with over 159,000 downloads last month and 88 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. See you at Briarcliff. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking nice.